I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Thin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to ThinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word SID. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. Kind of a revolving door, the Bernie and Sid in the morning show, in uh, and around COVID and sick and people come, people go. It was kind of like one of those baseball teams or football teams where the lineup seemed to change like every night. You know, uh, something happens and you're almost never going to get the same people on the show every day. All week long, outside of me and Bernie. I mean, you're pretty much guaranteed that, unless Bernie, of course, isn't feeling well. But uh, otherwise, it's like a revolving door here. There's reasons for that, and we'll get into that as uh, the show progresses. It is a Tuesday morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. With that said, let's get right to it. The great Bernard McGurk, my amazing partner. Good Tuesday morning. How are you? Sid, you make me blush. I am uh, I'm terrific. Thank you. How are you doing? Doing great. Uh, we got a little bit of a uh, of a sub today uh, situation. Justin Ellick had COVID, and he was out for the last five days. And even though he still worked from home and got Bernie his cuts and all that, Luke Lograno had to assume some of Justin's in-house responsibility. Then we find out yesterday that Luke Lograno now has COVID, and he's out for the rest of the week. And uh, in his stead... A guy that I really think is great that I actually brought here, Mike Dodino, is in for Luke Lograno. So uh, changes on a daily basis, but that's what makes a, a team great when you talk about depth. And the Bernie and Sid in the morning show, Bernard, we've got depth. Very interesting. We have a deep bench. That's right, which you yes, need in today's yes. day and age because no I don't doubt. know if you guys know this yet, but COVID is back. I mean, it's it's such nonsense. It's back, even though, again, I think three people have died Here in New York, you know, in Philly, they're making people wear masks again. And how many people died there? Three. I think it was in a week. (laughs) Wasn't that three in a week? Three in a week, yeah. Hospitalizations are down in a big, big way. And, And, again, our show is evidence of just how not serious 
this uh, latest strain of COVID is. I mean, here's Justin Ellick once again, back after missing his five days that you have to miss. That's the way it works. And you tell us, Justin, how'd you feel? I, f- I felt fine. Uh, <laughs> I-, I had a scratchy throat for like a day. That was it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I haven't felt well, really well, healthy for the better part of about a year and a half. And I don't know if I have a flu, if I've got a cold, if I've had COVID five times. I don't know and I don't care. I don't check. Uh, Truth is, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to kill anybody else. And the last thing I want to do is check and have somebody tell me, you got to stay home for six days. Well, that that was my original plan, was to not even go and and inquire or... or Try and find out if I even had it. Um, but uh, my wonderful my wonderful girlfriend insisted that tell, I do go get the test. Tell her to be quiet. Yeah, no, so. shut up. <laughs> my wonderful girlfriend. So I did, and yeah. uh, you know I had it. But uh, whatever. And now Luke Legrano, Bernie, he's been here the last couple of days. He's been fine. I didn't even know he was sick yesterday. Did you, Lou? Well, he, he went and got tested upstairs <laughs> right? during about eleven thirty, and he was working next to me during the you know whatever yeah. show, you know the Kill Me show, and he comes running back in with a mask on, and he goes, Lou, I gotta go home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking. At, I said, you, you're kidding, right? Yeah. And he goes. Uh, no, I'm not kidding. Yeah, I, I mean, gotta go. And he was already in pain from his other right. That's right. That's issue. right. Right from his kidney stone so, thing. He said, "I hope I still have my anti-inflammatory drugs with me today." <laughs> I, I'm walking. I'm working on a ward. I got a text on the ferry and said, "I love you. I'll see you next week." I go next week. What are you talking about? <laughs> I've got COVID. I go. You were fine this morning. I think the moral of the story, Bernie, is is that unless you're like really sick and dying, need a respirator, need emergency help right away. Why even get tested at this point? You're just going to find out if you've got it and you feel okay. You got to stay home. Yeah, that's uh, that. That is the the the, the main point. Is more testing, more cases. But uh, everybody's asymptomatic. Even uh, Eric Adams. He came out yesterday. Had a scratchy throat, but he's standing there in a million dollar suit. Looks <laughs> looks fine. Looks great. Uh, it's it really is. Uh, and this is what uh, this is what viruses do. They mutate to survive. Uh, they become very, very weak. They become attenuated is the $3 word. And uh, we're seeing the vestiges of that, the last vestiges of this uh, particular virus in this, uh, S- what is it called, BA2 case? I, 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 who knows? I mean, the point yeah. is, look, this thing is not going to go away at this point, right? So uh, like the flu, like the cold, although symptoms are actually less serious, than a bad cold and or the flu, you got to live with it. Nobody stays home for weeks at a time when they've got the flu or they've got a cold. They miss a day or two. They're back at work. I mean, this is nonsense. I know people that have gotten four shots, four shots, the two vaccines and two boosters. They're still getting COVID. They're still getting it. Well, they're getting it, but they would argue that uh, it's less severe because they got the shot. Listen, maybe it's because they got the shots. Maybe because, like you said, the virus has mutated. It's not nearly. That was my point. The point is people that that got four shots and they're fine. They're fine. But we don't really know. Right. Is it the the, the shots or is it the fact that the virus just weakens on its own, which it does? You know, all viruses do the same thing. They want to live. They have uh, really a will of their own. And they become weaker so that they can survive. And that's what we're seeing. And that's why nobody has uh, symptoms. But I'm glad they don't have symptoms because it's like a vacation. You go home. You do whatever you want. You hang out. You relax. We've already got a major problem with that. The New York Times did a great story about that today where people are coming to work in Manhattan. About 50% of the sales force is still not here. 
It's still not here. And production is an issue in places around town, whether it's bars or hotels or pizzerias or places that, that count on their employees in and around town to help with their business. They are suffering. So we already have an issue with not enough people coming to work here in New York City. Now you send people home for a week for, for a runny nothing. nose. It makes yeah, no sense. Exactly. It's stupid. And, and the mayor is uh, Exhibit A. As a matter of fact, uh, he was he, he spoke yesterday, if you want to hear this guy, talking about his COVID. Sure. And he has nothing. I believe, Louie, that that is, a, that is cut 19. Play that, please. Outside of the Rapsy voice, uh, I feel fine. Uh, no fevers. Uh, I'm not tired. Uh, no um, aches or pains at all. No, nothing. Right. But so the meantime, he's, he's got no problem putting masks on little kids, little kids, Third graders, fourth graders have to wear masks, and they have less symptoms than he's got. Than he's got. Oh, I, yeah. They have no symptoms. They just all have to wear it. Blanket uh, uh, policy. Every little kid uh, has to wear it. Symptoms and no symptoms. Of course, we know that it's, masks don't work on little kids. They don't keep them on the right way. They're little kids. they got their noses this way, that way. They're touching them that way and every way, and uh, they're suffocating. They look stupid. They can't communicate with each other. It's just a terrible, it's a travesty what they're doing to these kids, what Eric Adams is doing to these kids. Exactly right. And he should know better. Again, going through it right now is completely fine. Have you ever gotten COVID, Bernie? I, I have not. Not that I know of. Not that I've you know never. of. Okay. Uh, right. Justin, this was the first time you got it last week? No, this was the second time. I had it, uh, I would say, not not this past New Year, but the New Year before. So how was that? Were, at that point, ago. were you vaccinated yet? Did you? I feel... was even better then than I than I was this time around. Actually, <laughs> right. yeah. But, but then it was ten days. This this time around, it was only so. Then right. I was sitting on my ass for ten days. Now right. I was only kind of sitting on my ass. for Lou Rufino, have you gotten COVID yet? No, I've been tested about ten times, and but, I got tested yesterday. Yeah. Justin's texting me, and I said, "Well, I'm getting tested as soon as I get home. Done. Ten minutes." And that was it. You never Negative. got it. Never no, got I've it. Never gotten it. Wow. So, you know, listen, they would argue that, that they want to test everybody so that if somebody is infected, they don't give it to somebody else. But the point is this if you're vulnerable, if you're fat as a house, stay home. Uh, you know, otherwise, just everybody goes out and, and does their thing, takes their chances. Right. And that's the way it is. And I mean, society moves on. Nobody tests you if you've got a cold or the flu. And you could absolutely get somebody else sick in a heartbeat. And by the way, if somebody has a comorbidity who is overweight or a heart issue and you've got a bad case of the flu, that other person could become very, very sick, too. So I just don't understand where there's a separate set of rules for this nonsense. Mike DeDino, have you ever gotten the uh, the COVID? I think you have, right? Had it twice. Twice? Yeah. How'd you feel? I mean, you're a young kid in good shape. First time I was sick as a dog. You were? Yeah, really bad. Second time... I was fine. Yeah. See, who, who even knows if you've gotten it twice? Maybe you got it three or four times. I mean, now every time you get a, a runny nose, you're like, oh, my God, I got the COVID. So who even knows at this point? But, again, there's Eric Adams, uh, Mr. Uh, he has all the all the answers, and uh, he's home with COVID. He feels absolutely fine, but he has no issue with all these laws and decrees and mandates for everybody else. And it just doesn't make any sense. And right now, the Bernie and Sid show going through it, part of that 55% uptick with, again, both Justin Ellick and Luke Legrano coming down with COVID over the last week. And nobody on this show, nobody in serious shape. No, nobody very, very no, uh, sick. Uh, 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 no. And, uh, and uh, well, let's hope people aren't even lying about it. I mean... It, look, it's, it's a perfect, uh, you know, perfect way to get a few days off <laughs> and just chill at home, right? You can do yeah. that. Well, you know, talking about a few days off, I, and you could uh, do what you want on Friday. You know, I've always said this for years. We go back and forth, Bernie, 
in a fun way, in a fun way. But Jewish people, we get a ton of days off. We've got Rosh Hashanah. If it falls on a weekday, we've got Yom Kippur. If it falls on a weekday, well, Friday is the first day of Passover, so I'm going to take Friday off. You guys, outside of Christmas, do not have one vacation day, not one, because Easter falls on a Sunday. And I say every year, why wouldn't you take Good Friday off? Well, here's your opportunity because I'm not coming to work on Friday. So if you want to take Good Friday off this Friday, go for it. <laughs> I like what I hear. I like what I hear. No, I had already thought about it, and uh, it's already it's already in the works. Oh, well, there you go. So yeah, we, we'll, so, we'll probably uh, both be off on Friday, and uh, Jewish people celebrating Passover, uh, Christian people celebrating Good Friday. So good luck finding somebody to work. By the way, how was your Palm Sunday a couple of days ago, Bernie? Palm Sunday was terrific. Uh, we got... Uh, my wife went to church, and she, I, I didn't go. My wife went uh, with my daughter, and they, she brought home palms. And it was, it was a great, uh, solemn day, and I watched the Masters. <laughs> that, that's, that's how Palm Sunday went. Oh, you that's know, beautiful. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not extremely devout, if, uh, if you will, but, uh, I, you know, I'm still a traditionalist, uh, you know. I follow the, uh, the this Good Friday is, uh, you know, this Friday, and uh, this is Holy Week right now, Easter Sunday, of course, Sunday. So these are the big days. Uh, just like you and your Jewish religion, the big days you uh, you, you 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 know you honor them. You you you, you practice uh, your religion. Yes. Even if you're a casual, even if you're a cafeteria Catholic, like they would call me, for example. Well, I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm that way with Judaism. I mean, the first two nights of Passover, I'm very serious about it. I have the matzah, I have the seder. It's a big big deal. But of course, it lasts eight nights. By night three, I'm having veal parmesan. <laughs> so well, that's and, that's the Jew that I am. Well, yeah, okay, and you're upfront about it. That's cool. Same thing here, uh, but I actually follow this during Lent until Easter Sunday. Every Friday, starting with Ash Wednesday, the Friday afterwards, no meat on Fridays. Right. No meat. We eat, you know, eat pasta fajoule with the beans or whatever, (laughs) the tuna fish or something like that. Right, right. And then uh, Sunday's the other seven fishes, right? Uh, Sunday is the what? Don't you don't eat a bunch of fish on Sunday? Does that not no. happen? Not me. What? During no, Easter, uh, don't you? Uh, now, now you're just making things up. No, never I'm not making things. Well, you wouldn't know. You're heard. Jewish. You wouldn't know. It's no, what, I never even heard of that. What never are you talking about? Really? Easter? No. Yes. You don't eat fish on Easter? No, you eat a no. Well, what, 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 what is that? What is that traditional seven fish meal? What is that? What holiday is that for? I've never heard of it. Said. Oh, know, it's uh, not, an Easter not Sunday. That's terrible. No, no, it, 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 it's one thousand percent. One thousand. Of Frankie Diaz with an E. When do uh, Catholics or Christians, I should say, have that seven fish dinner? What holiday? That's is that? cr- that's Christmas. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Okay. Very good. One eight hundred eight four eight WABC. One eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. I knew it existed. Wasn't sure what holiday. Okay. At least. These two guys had no idea they even right. exist. I'm a heathen. Fine. I'm like, yeah. God, Jeez. a pagan of the worst kind. Okay, have some veal parmesan. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Joe Borelli out of Staten Island is going to stop by at 640. We'll talk to the great Bo Deedle. Not that Joe Borelli's not great. Coming up at 740. And Jack Cittarelli on a story that I'm sure Bernie will cover up and down today in New Jersey. Coming up at 840. Three great guests. Beat Bernie. All the stuff you need on this Tuesday morning right here on Bernie and Sid on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. When I wake up, well, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who wakes up next to you. When I go out. Yeah, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be <laughs> the man this. who goes along with you. Come on, scream it out. When I get drunk, well, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who wakes up next to you. 
Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABCF simulcast on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. Love the Scottish accent right there. Love it. Uh, so, yes, we're going to speak to a Joe Borelli. He's a former city councilman out of Staten Island. We're going to speak to Bo Deedle next hour. We're going to speak to Jack Cittarelli. Almost beat that uh, that bucktooth schmuck Phil Murphy for governor. I mean, uh, by a whisker, he lost that uh, race. Uh, too bad because, uh, well, we're going to talk to him about this uh, new uh, policy, that they, this woke policy that's rearing its ugly head in Westfield, New Jersey, where they're going to teach first and second graders about penises and vaginas and all this stuff. They're going to talk to him about, the, you know, the grooming that's going on, the sexual abuse and the grooming that's going on in these, uh, in these public schools. I mean, it really is, really is a crisis, so i got to tell you. And by the way, I was all over it yesterday, of course, and uh, I mentioned I played the uh, Disney CEO, CEO, excuse me, uh, he was groveling, but uh, he should be groveling to the shareholders. Disney lost over $2 billion, Sydney, in stock value. Do you own, own any, any, any Disney stock? I don't own stock, but I've, I've made this point time and time again that living in Boca Raton, a, a Florida resident for 16 years, and getting the annual pass to Disney, it's about a two-hour and 15-minute drive door-to-door from our house in Boca to the Magic Kingdom. And with Abe and Gabe growing up in Florida, we were there all the time, and and I, uh, I got to the point where I couldn't stand the place, but I will promise you this. I will promise you this. I will never, ever go back to Disney World. So no stock, but they lost me years ago because I was bored. Now they lost me because I hate them. Yeah, exactly. Remember I played that clip yesterday of those people on the plane? They came back. may have been Orlando. JetBlue flew to, to Kennedy, and then they were in Newark, and they were screaming. They were probably frustrated as well because the kids were at Disney, and God knows what the the uh, the perverts in those uh, Goofy and Mickey uh, outfits were doing to their kids. On top of everything else, they were frustrated about that. Perhaps I just don't know. But uh, yeah, this Westfield, New Jersey, a situation. Phil Murphy, are you a groomer? Are you are you a pervert? Are you, you going to allow this? Uh, Shelley Lindell, the mayor, are you a pervert? Are you a groomer? Are I you think, it's, allow I think this? it's Brindell. I'm pretty sure. Uh, right. I checked into that. Yeah, somebody sent me. Something yesterday. I don't know who she is, but I think it's Brindell. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll go with that. By the way, Boris Johnson was the only uh, leader to uh, march with. Uh, I was Zelensky. wrong about that. I, I saw a. Um, Just FYI. Yes, at the bottom of the screen, it said EU leaders leaders make their way to uh, the Ukraine, and you're right. He was the only one. So and and, right. and 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 Boris Johnson's not part of the EU. They uh, that's they separated. Right. That's They're right. out. They're out. Big time Brexit deal. So uh, this uh, Westfield, New Jersey thing, I mean, this is the big story in America because this is widespread, more, more, more uh, you know, uh, dangerous and uh, rampant than we knew, this uh, grooming and sex abuse of kids, this uh, you're trying to separate them from their parents for whatever reason, uh, validating teachers, their, uh, you know, weird lifestyle or whatever, or whatever, even worse, uh, you know, just predatory behavior on the part of teachers, talking sex to kids getting off on it. Who the hell knows what their motive is? But uh, last night, uh, believe it or not, uh, Brett Baer on Fox News, it's a national story. He covered it, cut eight. 
New Jersey public schools, second graders, will be getting lessons related to gender identity this fall. That is part of new state sex education guidelines taking effect in September. The standards list performance expectations for second graders. Those include discussing what are called the range of ways people express their gender and how gender role stereotypes may limit behavior. Critics are blasting Democratic Governor Phil Murphy over these plans. Yeah, so we will to Governor, excuse me, yeah, I wish. We will talk to Jack <laughs> Cittarelli about that. And, uh, you know, yesterday, the imbecile in chief, he was out there. He's making a big deal out of something stupid, something that's, something that really doesn't exist. They call it ghost guns. It's just a, it's a phony term. It's just like assault weapons. It's a stupid uh, Democrat talking point type uh, term. But anyway, while Biden was out there, the requisite, uh, you know, stumbles and gaffes and uh, just just incoherent thoughts coming out of his mouth. And they're always, well, they used to be fun to listen to, but now it's a serious deal because this guy's our president. This guy's the leader of the free world. This guy may stumble us into uh, World War III. Who knows? Anyway, this was him yesterday. Cut 23. Joe Biden, please play that low. When the cop knows by first name who owns the corner drugstore, who lives in the apartment above 6B, with the people who are the, 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 the pastors of the churches. Right now, you get let out of prison after serving your time. You get a bus ticket and 25 bucks. You end up under the same bridge you left two, five, ten years earlier. Think about the mass shootings. As many as 100 rounds. It's a weapon of war. I'm proud to nominate Steve Dittelbeck. Excuse me, I mispronounced your name. I just... As director of Bureau of, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Farms, and Explosives. Yeah, there you have it. That, that's, that, that's the guy that's going to lead us to uh, salvation. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. But Joe Biden, no, they're all turning on him. You wouldn't believe it. Uh, yesterday uh, you were talking about, you were watching the screen on MSNBC and you saw Al Sharpton uh, said, you saw uh, Joe Scarborough and others. Yeah. And they spent the whole show talking about how the woke Democrats are killing the party. Believe it or not, they were distancing themselves big time from all the woke Democrats. As a matter of fact, uh, play, if you have time here, play Cut 12. This is Scarborough and Al Sharpton talking about just that. Cut 12 loop, please. Can you explain I mean, uh, to white woke leaders, can you explain to them that they're not only losing white dudes in the upper Midwest, they're losing people of color? They're losing people of color because they really don't get the people of color's life. If you are living in a city, in a neighborhood that is inundated with crime and you act like that is not an issue, you've already lost me. So you, those, these two idiots, these two morons, pushed all the policies that they're trying to distance themselves from, by the way, pushed all the same policies, all of a sudden they realize. There's a really, really disaster in the waiting in November, 
and they're trying to, uh, you know, jockey, uh, you know, situate themselves that, well, I had nothing to do with that. It was those woke white people down in Washington, D.C. Uh, what we see right through it, it's all political. But there you have it. Big time a civil war and, uh, the, the, you know, danger, Will Smith, is coming to the Democrat Party. And these two guys are panicking. And they spent three hours yesterday discussing just that. Well, they go and, back and forth. I mean, they'll do one segment on that where they'll, you know, they'll actually attack their own party. And the next segment, they'll congratulate Liz Cheney, you know, for, for coming up with enough reasons to believe that Donald Trump can be criminally charged on January 6th. So it's not like all of a sudden they've gone from, we hate Trump, we love the Democrats, to a complete 180-degree turn. Yes, they're critical of their own party, but they still spend hours and hours every morning bashing Donald Trump. So yeah, what so, do they want? So, What's the answer? What do you want? What do you want? Are you saying, Sid, that they're weasels? I mean, what do you want? Double, yeah. double talking weasels? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. I hear you humming, yo. Yeah. I hear you humming <laughs> on the Bernie and Sid show. Look, uh, we're going to speak to Joe Borelli. He's very good. Former city council member from Staten Island coming up next. Also traffic and sports. But right now it's time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to Rudy Giuliani today and every weekday afternoon at 3 o'clock. Here, Rudy talks about Hunter Biden. But Hunter also was spending the Biden crime before he got to pay the expenses. I think even before he got to do the 50 percent, he was buying massive amounts of his crack, $150,000 cars. You can see from the testimony of his wife that that was out of control. Well, that was coming out of everybody's percentage. I mean, this was a family business. James was involved in it. He was also using other bag men, and they were getting pieces of this. I mean, James did a big score in Iraq. He got into a $1.5 billion housing deal in Iraq with no experience on housing when Joe caved in on the status of forces agreement. Six forty-three on your Tuesday morning. Well, this uh, story was all over the place yesterday, everywhere. Big local story about this ferry that these uh, two guys from SNL, Kim Kardashian's boyfriend Pete Davidson and uh, Colin Yost, they own this ferry, you know. And there's this uh, big fight right now. Davidson, of course, a Staten Island native, as to where this ferry, which will be a restaurant bar, they'll have live acts. Sounds like a lot of fun as to where this ferry should dock. And, of course, Davidson being a Staten Island guy, he would like it there. But there is some pressure to put this boat out uh, by the Hamptons. So, um, anyway, uh, I like Joe Borelli. And anytime I see Staten Island, I'm like, hey, let's uh, let's get the kid on. It's like Pavlov. Pavlov's dogs. Right, exactly. Conditioned response. That's a great analogy. Yes, as soon as I hear Staten Island, I think of Joe Borelli. So here he is, Bernard, fresh off getting his ass kicked, not once but twice, what? by Frank Morano in ping pong in Morano's oh. basement on oh. Saturday. The great assemblyman Joe Borelli, he uh, he kicked your ass, huh? 
He, he did, but, but the record is like 25-2. to two. He won once on Super Bowl Sunday after I had a few too many at halftime. True story. <laughs> and then I'm trying to do my work. I'm trying to book a Fox segment. I'm trying to talk to some to the city planning commission. He's distracting me, and he beat me the second time. Okay. So this is nonsense that he's a better ping-pong player. I don't want the listeners uh, anywhere uh, in New York or abroad to think Frank Morano has any ping-pong skills. You heard it here first. All right. He did, he well, did, let, he did beat you twice on, on Saturday, though. So. Let's face it. Neither of you are two world-class athletes. It's like Hillary Clinton boxing Nancy Pelosi, for God's sake. No? Right. It's true. Very good. Neither one of you going to beat Forrest Gump anytime soon. But uh, anyway, we brought you on to talk about this whole ferry. I, I asked Frank this morning. I said, as a Staten Island guy, does this matter to you? Are you, like, really, you know, invested in this? Because yesterday, on every local news channel, Joe, they had, like, a 1,000 people on. We want the boat. We want the boat. So as a Staten Island resident and a very big political guy in this city, are you vested in this personally? Do you want this ferry on Staten Island? Look, this is big for us. Uh, And to add on to what you said about Pete Davidson, Colin Jost is also a native Staten Islander, did a movie called Staten Island Summer, uh, basically showing uh, what Staten Island swim club life was was like growing up in the 90s. He and I grew up around the same time in the same neighborhood. So these are two Staten Island uh, film icons right now. You might hate Pete Davidson. Some people do. I happen to like him. I think he adds to, to, to sort of the panoply of all of our our, our funny uh, cast of characters we have in our borough. But this is the Staten Island Ferry. Let me give you a comparable. In 1971, they brought London Bridge to Lake Havasu, Arizona. Nobody goes to Lake Havasu, Arizona to see London Bridge. <laughs> How many dopey people take a picture in front of Tower Bridge while they're in London and then tell their fam- fa- friends and family that they saw London me. Bridge? Me. I've done that more than once. I swear to God, Joe. I swear to you. I've done it. I know, but it's the truth. You, you expect to see things in their natural element. People want to see a giraffe on the Serengeti. They don't want to see it in a zoo in the Bronx. This big orange beast deserves a home on Staten Island in a pier right down the, the block from our existing ferry terminal. Long Island has a lot of nice things going for it, I'm sure. I have cousins from Long Beach to Lake Ronkonkoma. What they don't have is a ferry. Cornelius Vanderbilt himself didn't start ferrying people from Manhasset to Manhattan. He started ferrying people from Clifton to Staten, uh, Staten Island, uh, basically, to Manhattan. So if you had a handicap at Joe Borelli, I'm predicting that these two guys are going to sell out because they're basically Hollywood types. Uh, for logistical reasons, perhaps, uh, you know, traveling outside. I just think they're not going to do it. I don't know if you have any juice or pull or sway with these guys, but if you had to, to predict, A, what would you predict they do? And, B, will, will, will you change your stance on Pete Davidson if they park this uh, dopey boat out in uh, the Hamptons? No, look, I, I think Pete's okay. You know, uh, if he chooses to go to the Hamptons, it's his mistake. He and Colin Jost, by the way, also have a piece of the new Staten Island Ferry Hawks baseball team. Uh, they're partners in that as well. So I think the both of them have expressed some interest in, in sort of committing to bringing, you know, better quality entertainment and nightlife options to Staten Island. It would be a good thing. Uh, so I, I do think they're in for the long haul. Nobody picks, uh, nobody buys a Staten Island ferry boat and thinks about moving it somewhere else. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't see a scenario where they bring this thing anywhere but 
uh, the 360-degree coastline of Staten Island. I agree with you. And I, I, you know, Pete Davidson, I did enjoy that movie, King of Staten Island. His father was a hero, died on 9-11. Politics aside, you know, he is a funny guy. The whole thing with Kardashian has really taken uh, all these entertainment venues by storm now. So he is a guy that is uh, pretty well-liked throughout the country. I'd like to see them keep that ferry on Staten Island, too. Now, as a guy that lives uh, far from Staten Island... Don't know the area very well. I know the Staten Island Ferry Hawk baseball team, which we own a part of as well, John Katz and Matides. In fact, we had Kelsey Whitmore on the show on Friday, Joe, the first female to play big-time Major League Baseball. Very exciting news. How far is the stadium and the St. George Theater from where they would park the ferry if, in fact, it stays on Staten Island? Well, there's only a limited number of places they could actually park it uh, because of the depth required uh, basically below the keel of the boat. So it would have to be along sort of the, the, the northeast uh, shore of Staten Island or the north uh, tip, tip of the north shore. Uh, so, so there's no chance of it not being anywhere but in the St. George, Stapleton, uh, Clifton area. And I think what you're seeing happening down there with some of the rezonings we did uh, is that this is going to be a new destination for outdoor entertainment. We have outlet malls. Uh, one day we will have the wheel. We have the Ferry Hawks baseball team coming in to play. We have the Ferry Hawks stadium, which is just as valuable to, to people as the actual baseball team itself. The last owners refused to put on concerts, venues, uh, uh, major events like mixed martial arts and things like that. So once the Ferry Hawks stadium gets used outside of baseball, it's going to be just as big of a draw for outdoor festivals and concerts. So I think you're going to see a big push for nightlife on the North Shore of Staten Island. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be at a lot of these events, and I think Staten Island and the city will benefit greatly from it. New York City Council Member Joe Borelli on the Bernie and Sid show, out of Staten Island, by the way. And like Sid, I immediately associate you with uh, Staten Island, but you're also a uh, Newsmax commentator. You're a lot less provincial than just a Staten Island guy. You're very informed, an astute observer of the scene. I've seen you. And, of course, this uh, latest big issue has exploded across the country. It was the uh, it started out with the Parental Rights Act down in Florida. I mean, that was about uh, three weeks ago that uh, DeSantis mm-hmm. signed it. But uh, we've since learned that this uh, whole of uh, this grooming and, and, and teaching, you know, of, of sex to kids in schools is more widespread and rampant than we thought before. Uh, it's really a crisis is what it is, and uh, Disney got sucked into it. And I saw that you tweeted, and I love this, how about cameras in the classroom? So uh, what's your, what are your thoughts on this whole phenomenon going on right now? And is this happening in New York City schools, by the way? Look, uh, it, it certainly is. Uh, it certainly is. Uh, we've seen some books being uh, delivered to you know younger school students uh, in public schools that are not age-appropriate, and we're having that fight right now. There is no strict curriculum as there will be in New Jersey after this law is passed. And by the way, it's so funny to see Phil Murphy, uh, who tried to be this progressive liberal icon, you know, duck and jive away from this question, because he knows that the majority of school districts around the state of New Jersey are run by parents, and most parents don't want this. Most parents are probably okay uh, in high school or something like that when your kid wants to uh, talk about different gender and sexuality, and maybe that's an appropriate venue. But no parent wants to be out there uh, defending uh, the decision as a school board member to put this sort of educational uh, requirements in kindergarten, first and second grade. So, yeah, I mean, we do see it in New York City, not as prevalent as we do now. But this is just one of those things that is causing the erosion of public schools in New York City. The school system lost hundreds of thousands of kids. 
There was an article in the New York Post that some school districts around the city, mostly in Queens and the Bronx, are seeing more than 40 percent of kids not attend school regularly. Think about that fact. That's not even the kids that I mentioned, the 100,000 that left the system. These are kids that are in the system but are not actually coming to school. It's a disgrace. It's a problem. But it can only be attributed to – and I I attribute mostly the last chancellor, Richard Carranza, uh, but it's attributable to him. As far as cameras in the classroom, there's only one group of people that doesn't want cameras in the classroom. That's the teachers' union because if you ask parents, if you ask uh, outside observers, if you ask the principals, I bet – they would want cameras in the classroom. The only people that don't want to know uh, and be seeing what's going on is the teachers' union. Joe, I want to go back to Staten Island for a second. Uh, Danielle and I just moved, and every day we've got somebody else coming to the house to pick something, to add something, to make something new. Had a guy come over a couple of days ago who lives on Staten Island and uh, loves Vito Pacella, voted for Vito Pacella, knows him personally, but was complaining to me about crime. I said, oh, we talked about it. We left New York City, Manhattan, Danielle and I, because of the crime issue. Eric Adams talks a lot about it but gets nothing done. He goes, well, I got news for you, Sid. Crime on Staten Island is, uh, is an issue as well. And I'm disappointed, this guy said, in Vito Pacella. Uh, is there any truth to that? Look, I don't think Vito has much to do with the crime rate. I think it is uh, attributable to Eric Adams and some of the policy. And if you ask Eric Adams, I think he would say correctly, by the way, that so much of this is relatable to bail reform because so many of the people we arrest are people who are arrested multiple times, and those we arrest are let out the very next day, mostly before the cop they arrested, uh, who arrested him even gets off his tour. <laughs> but crime is trickling up uh, on Staten Island, and it is a problem. It's, it's a problem with these petty thefts uh, of automobiles. People, people do got to leave their cars locked, by the way. Let, let's, not, let's not forget to say that. But we're seeing an upt- uptick of sort of these petty crimes. It ain't Vito's fault. Vito's doing a great job. He's been one of the most vocal people out there uh, demanding City Hall, the last mayor, uh, make themselves more accountable to the crime problems in our outer boroughs. This is why Eric Adams got elected. He didn't pick topics out of a hat. He spoke mostly about uh, public safety. Now he's the mayor, and the rubber meets the road, and he gets a little bit of leeway with this bail reform issue. But at the end of the day, the police department is accountable to him, and he will be judged based on whether he reduces crime numbers in the city. City Council Member Joe Borelli, in the 60 minutes we have left, speaking of bail reform, uh, uh, the go- unelected governor, Kathy Hochul, she got a, some, a weak brew of uh, bail reform passed through the uh, state legislature with the budget. Not good enough, not nearly good enough, uh, a far cry from good enough. Your thoughts on that quickly, please. Well, this, this is just how much can we not change in order to shut the public up to take this issue off from the governor's race. That's all she cares about. She doesn't care about actually reforming the issue or actually making communities safer or keeping people behind bars. She just want to take she just wants to take the issue off the table from people like Lee Zeldin or if Andrew Giuliani wins or someone else. She wants to take that issue off the table. That's the only reason she did it. The Democratic Party is entrenched on bail reform. Mark my words. Morano just texted me any place, any time, anywhere. Bring that ping pong racket. He says he'll kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to it. I look forward to hey, it. Hey, Joe, you're always great on this show. We love having you on. Great on Newsmax, great on Fox News, particularly good here. Thank you so much, and enjoy your Tuesday morning, buddy. Thanks. You too, guys. The great Joe Thank Borelli you. out of Staten Island right there with the latest on the ferry.
and crime on Staten Island and all that good stuff. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Still to come next hour, always a great Tuesday guest, Bo Deedle, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, a man that lost a gubernatorial race in New Jersey by literally inches. Jack Cittarelli plus Beat Bernie coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. More of Bernie and Sid right after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oh, yeah. Wrapping up hour number one. It's a great hour. Bernie McGurk, Sid Rosenberg. All these sports going on. It's a huge game for the Brooklyn Nets tonight. Again, they win. They're in. They'll take on the Celtics. Even a loss, which I doubt they'll lose to Cleveland. They still have a shot to take on the one-seed Miami Heat. We'll get to that if, in fact, the Nets lose. Mets trying to snap that two-game losing streak against the Phillies later on tonight. The Yankees also mired in a two-game losing streak, hosting Toronto later on tonight. But the team I'm most excited about, believe it or not, is the Rangers. They'll host Carolina tonight, and I really believe in my heart of hearts that the Rangers have a good chance of winning the Stanley Cup. Either way, they've got 100 points, they've clinched a playoff spot, and there is nothing, folks, nothing more exciting than Stanley Cup playoff hockey, especially when the home team is involved. So let's go Rangers. Hour number two of Bernie and Sid, right after this. Sit in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. This is how we do, ladies and gentlemen, on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app simulcast on Eastern Long Island. News Talk 107.1 FM. Also... You want to watch us? Uh, Sydney looks great every morning. The different suits. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, it's true. It happens to be very true. You, you, you dress to the nines every single day. I am you dressed make everybody nice look today. bad. Thank you. I've got a, you didn't? A, a light blue Joseph. No, I did a light blue Joseph Abood button down and a checkered blue jacket. And, and I'm, I'm going to say this. I don't know this for a fact. And if I'm wrong, then feel free to correct it. But after knowing him for 20 plus years and now working for the second time with him. I'm pretty convinced at this point that Lou Rufino wants to have sex with me. I'm, I'm almost convinced. And never not really? wanted to. Oh, you never not wanted to? Okay. Oh. <laughs> what made you think I didn't want to? <laughs> well, well, I'll ask the other question. What makes you think he does? Well, he's, he's very complimentary, like you are, like you are, on how I dress, how I look. He, he even said to me, and again, if I'm wrong, correct me, he was telling somebody in the hall last week, he can't believe how good I look at this uh, age. No, I wasn't telling somebody. I was telling you that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, last week, I mean, I was going into the hey. bathroom, and he practically tackled me into the bathroom, too. This so. is what healthy living does for you. It, it is oh, the God. closest thing to the fountain of youth you're going to come to is exercise, good diet. Well, uh, you don't uh, actually uh, practice a great diet, but still. Not bad. You're, a, you're generally a healthy guy. You're not, yes. Uh, you're not out there, uh, you know, partying and you know, all these things. You stopped that a long time ago. Yep. Just in time, I would add, probably. Uh, you caught yourself. So good for you. Anyway, I it's stopped w- before Hunter Biden stopped. I can tell you that. <laughs> and he, look, he looks terrible now. <laughs> no, terrible. I know. He's got a big-ass uh, pot belly, and he just looks gross. Anyway, it's just bad for you. Bottom line, you had the guy 50 years old. He probably looked good, though, the guy from the Foo Fighters, 50 years old doing drugs, and he died of a heart attack. I mean, you got to stop at some point and take care of yourself. Uh, but anyway, you can watch us and Sydney at WABCRadio.tv on your smart TVs, on your computers, et cetera, et cetera. Listen, we, you talked a little about COVID earlier, how the virus is weakening, all that stuff. 
Well, they're going crazy in, in China. I don't know if you heard about this, if you've seen it. It's all over social media. But in Shanghai, a city of 25 million people, the Chinese have locked this city down like no other lockdown during the whole COVID experience. Maybe in China, in Wuhan back then. But uh, this is really, really bad. Uh, they've, they're killing dogs in the streets. They're marching kids in these, uh, you know, these white uniform, hazmat-type uniforms to advance, to take them away to internment camps. Positive kids, COVID-positive kids. Now, I don't know what the uh, strength, the lethality, or whatever of the, the virus is there, but it really is just a brutal thing. Uh, some people attribute this to, uh, for political reasons, because uh, Xi Jinping, he was supposed to you know, end, his, end his reign in, in like a year or two or something like that, and Shanghai is a progressive, and I use that term different from the progressive in the United States, a progressive city in uh, that country. But anyway... Uh, this uh, following uh, audio that you're going to hear, I saw it last night on social media. It's nighttime, and these, these people are literally locked in. You know what? Play, to set it up, play that clip, uh, the other clip before it. It's cut, uh, it's cut 27, the CNN reporter talking about being locked in from the inside by the Chinese authorities. Play that clip. This is a CNN reporter in Shanghai, 27, Lou. Well, if you think Wuhan 2020 was bad, welcome to Shanghai 2022. This has been like no other lockdown, and it's in the country's cosmopolitan and most affluent financial hub of all places. So this door behind me, this is my exit to the outside alleyway. And late last night, I heard them taping up my door along with the doors of my neighbors. They're placing a paper seal so as to keep it closed. Some buildings with positive cases inside, well, they're locked shut from the outside. They're using bicycle locks and padlocks just to keep people in. So a lot of Americans are there. Uh, people can't get food. They're locked, literally locked inside. So the, somebody taped this, uh, this uh, video of uh, Shanghai at night, and it's all these expensive high-rise buildings, and people are actually just screaming outside their windows. It'll make the hair on your neck stand up. It really is eerie. It's haunting. Uh, play cut 44 and, and listen to the screams of these people at night locked in their homes, starving, and uh, with no prospect of getting out anytime soon. Go ahead, play that, Lou. This is unbelievable. I mean, this went on and on. And this, there's nobody in the streets. This is all coming from the windows. This is your uh, authoritarian, commie, the commies. The commies are the worst. And uh, this is an example of it. This, this goes on again for a long time. I can't play it all. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to have nightmares uh, thinking about this. This was really the most scary, haunting thing I've seen in a long time. And it's reality. It rivals uh, sort of the, the uh, shocking images coming out of the Ukraine. Of course, uh, you know, no graphic, dead bodies, bloody bodies. But just the prospect of being stuck in your house like that and these brutal uh, Chinese uh, 
authorities, these red uh, communist Chinese authorities keeping you there. It's brutal. It's terrible. So yesterday, Sid, we talked about uh, Rob Astorino. Rob Astorino, he's uh, been monitoring these uh, secret flights into Westchester County Airport. He is the former county executive of Westchester, and he's made it a mission to uh, find out, tracking these flights coming from the border, uh, Joe Biden sending the illegal aliens to throughout the country, dispersing them here in the New York City area. They're even from Westchester, Westchester County. They're coming to Long Island, coming to New York, New Jersey, all over the tri-state area. And, of course, the uh, the cost is staggering of putting these people up, of schooling the kids that are coming. But, yes, it was Rob Astorino who uncovered all that, and it secured him a spot last night on the uh, Tucker Carlson show, uh, Cut 33. Tucker asked him a question, and he tells us all about it. T- take it away. Cut 33, Lou, please. Have you been able to get any answers from the administration over what they're doing? None whatsoever. I asked in August 13th, when I blew the lid on this, wanted to know who was coming in, were they vaccinated? We had public health issues, public safety issues, public's right to know, and dead silence other than calling me and everybody who questioned them a racist and a hater. And then the flight stopped for a while. Now the flights have resumed. One came in Sunday night, and one just came in one hour ago to Westchester County Airport. And the Biden administration must have such contempt for Americans that they're importing people from other countries, and then turning them into voters like New York City, where they will be allowed to vote with 30-day residency. And Governor Kathy Hochul, she has set up a $2 billion fund in New York for free stuff for anyone to come here. So they get a phone, then they get the El Paso Express to Westchester and everywhere else. And the entire time, we, the citizens, won't even get an answer from our government, and we get stuck with the tab. Cut 34. More Rob Astorino on just this, which is really gross, and people are not paying attention to it holding Biden to account, and we're going to have another big wave when this Title 42 is uh, d- does expire. Cut 34, Lou. What's going to happen, by the way, Title 42, which is going to be rescinded, that's the last tool in the toolbox for Customs and Border Patrol agents to send people back to expel yeah. them. Once they no longer have that, by the own administration's admission, they're going to be flooded even more. So you're going to have more flights and more busloads coming into our schools, our communities, and they'll never tell us who it is. It's, it's, all beyond, it's all beyond belief. I hope you're rewarded for your honesty. Rob Astorino, running for governor of New York. Thank you. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. And him monitoring it is a good thing. He is running for governor of the state of New York. Uh, there will be a primary in June. Uh, Andrew Giuliani, Lee Zeldin, who is, uh, according to some polls, they're, they're not the most reliable polls. But anyway, he's leading, and he's neck and neck with the uh, that loser, Kathy Hochul. Uh, so uh, we'll keep an eye on all that. Uh, there you have it, Rob Astorino. Look, today they're gonna, there's going to be a big inflation number coming out. But before we get to that, Joe Biden in March talking about how he crushed the ruble with the sanctions uh, on uh, the Russians for invading Ukraine. Cut 31, Lou, Biden in March on the sanctions uh, against Russia. We're cutting off Russia's largest banks in the international financial system. Preventing Russia's central bank from defending the Russell ruble, ruble making Putin's $630 billion <laughs> war fund worthless. We're choking Russia's access. The ruble has already lost 30% of its value. The Russian stock market has lost 40% of its value. And trading remains suspended. The Russian economy is reeling. Well, guess what? Not so much. The ruble has regained all its pre-invasion value. All of it. Yep. And guess what's happening to the dollar? 
Well, let let uh, Joe Biden's spokesperson, uh, Jen Psaki, tell you what's coming out today, what's happening to our dollar uh, since uh, when the Russians invaded the Ukraine. Cut 32, Lou. So because of the actions we've taken to address uh, Putin, the Putin price hike, we are in a better place than we were last month. Um, but we expect March CPA, CPI headline inflation to be extraordinarily elevated mm-hmm. due to Putin's price hike. Putin's price hike. So nonsense. the number is going to be extremely elevated. In other words, a huge inflation number, really just slaughtering the working class and uh, everybody, middle class, everybody. But people who live you know, on the margins really, really get affected by this. And, of course, Putin price hike. You hear that? The Putin price hike. Nonsense. Inflation, of course, uh, started when he canceled the Keystone Pipeline and uh, crushed our energy sector. That, that's driving, really, the inflation uh, number that you see that's going to come out today that's been, been coming out. Putin price hike. Now, none other, totally earlier, MSNBC, they're turning on the Democrats. CNN on the, on the Putin price hike. This is a CNN reporter telling uh, the viewers, don't listen to this crap. Cut 41, Luke, 41. I think there's this whole idea, oh, the White House is just losing the messaging war. You know, if only they knew how good the job situation was. But if you ask Americans, why do you think the economy is bad? It's inflation. The voters know exactly what's going on. They're not stupid. 86% say inflation. Only 17% say unemployment if they believe the economy is in bad shape. So Americans don't think the economy is in bad shape because of unemployment. They believe the economy is in bad shape because of inflation. And that is across the board, Democrats, Republicans, independents. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno, he's your numero uno. Yeah, and he but, went but, on that, to but say, that didn't do it. What I was going to say, does it go on to yeah, say no, why he inflation? He, he, went on, okay. he went on to say that uh, Putin price hike, and this is a quote, the voters are not stupid. I don't believe that. Okay. That was the CNN report. Because right, I do believe that Americans are, are most concerned about inflation, but I also think that a healthy portion of Americans, much like MSNBC and CNN, bought into the whole Putin thing. Like, well, well, the war, that's why. I, I do believe that's the case. Oh, yeah. Well, some of them have, but uh, according to the CNN reporter, and again, they're all turning on Joe Biden. They're not buying his easy, Good. you know, the lies coming out of the White House. Uh, that MSNBC uh, yesterday, I played the clips, and the CNN now. So uh, there's, because they know that uh, Hunter's going to be indicted. Joe Biden's falling. The walls are closing in, as we talked about. One last thing, President Trump endorsed Dr. Oz. And so some conservatives are like, what the hell are you doing? Anyway, this is him endorsing Oz over the weekend at a rally. Cut 24, Lou. By the way, I endorsed another person today, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz. Great guy. Good man. Good man. Harvard educated. Tremendous, tremendous career. And they liked him for a long time. That's like a poll. You know, when you're in television for 18 years, that's like a poll. That means people like you. But he's a he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Now, Dr. Oz pushing back on the people who are saying, hey, this guy's a, a he's a you know, he's a spawn of uh, Oprah Winfrey. You can't trust Dr. Oz. 
why is Trump endorsing this guy when we have good conservative candidates in Pennsylvania? Of course, Dr. Oz running for the Senate as a Republican. Dr. Oz pushed back uh, yesterday. Cut 25, Lou, please. I was honored by President Trump's endorsement, and he really did his homework. He wrote the announcement, by the way, himself. You can tell because he mentioned things in there you wouldn't normally put in a press announcement. He wanted me to be America first. He knew I had to be conservative. He asked tough questions. I mean, this went on for several months, making sure that I was the right person, in his opinion. And he wanted someone who would fight for what they believe in. He did not want a wallflower. So he did not want a wallflower. And, of course, uh, you and I said, no, we, we've interviewed Doc many, many, many times. He's a good guy. And uh, during COVID, he started to appear on Fox News, and he didn't buy the uh, the usual COVID lies from the administration and that, that the, other, the fake news media was pushing. He ran counter to it. And so... Uh, I don't know. This will be a, a good test for uh, to see about Trump's juice yeah. if Dr. Oz wins this uh, primary in uh, Pennsylvania. I believe it takes place within 30 days. It does. And don't forget, weeks and weeks ago, it was John Katsimatidis who was the first to really uh, announce for Dr. Oz he was doing this. We had this wonderful lunch months ago right across the street at Smith and & Walensky, and it was uh, me and John and Rudy and Chad and Emily and George and... Uh, heck, you had uh, the, the tall guy who was the other uh, politician. You and I love him. Looks like he plays for the Knicks. I forgot his name. Rob Shooter, a ton of people. But right across the street months ago when Dr. Oz first announced he was doing this, John Katsimatidis hosted that lunch, and he did a Q&A that day, Bernie, and he was on top of everything. He's got the right answers. Yeah, I think he's great. I, th- I Hopefully he'll, you know, he won't disappoint. But uh, he, he would be my choice. He's got the name recognition. And uh, he could beat the Democrat. I believe that. By the way, last night on uh, Cats at Night, uh, Rob Astorino also on Cats at Night talking about those night flight, those secret night flights into Westchester County Airport. We're going to speak to Bo Deedle on the Bernie and Sid show. We're going to speak to Jack Cittarelli, who almost beat that buck-toothed loser Phil Murphy by, uh, by a hair he lost. Uh, and uh, on the Bernie and Sid show, 1-800-848-9222. Please keep it where it is. Songs of all time, Billy Joel, Captain Jack. They found your father dead in a swimming pool while you just sit at home and masturbate. Seven twenty-eight on your Tuesday morning. Bo Dietl coming up next, and uh, Bill O'Reilly went off the air on the uh, the flight. We'll talk to Bill coming up at eight forty on Thursday. But let's stay with that theme before Bo Dietl stops by. Bernie, you played this uh, cut yesterday more than once, and it was great with uh, the folks that were very upset. With the flight, they had to land at Kennedy Airport. What was what was that whole story again? Quickly, they were uh, they they I believe they came from Florida, maybe Orlando or Fort Lauderdale. Either way, they tried to they approached Kennedy Airport four times. The turbulence was so bad, stuff was flying all over the place. Oh, People, boy. babies, uh, bags flying all over. They couldn't land the Kennedy Airport four times. They tried. They were rerouted to uh, over to Newark Airport. They're sitting on the tar- tarmac at Newark. They thought they were going to get off. They wanted to get off. They're frightened. They, wouldn't, they weren't allowed to get off. 
They started screaming, "This is our lives. We don't. We don't. We want off this damn plane." Right. How dare you keep us stuck on this plane? Right. So this is what it sounded like when Bernie played this yesterday. These are the folks on the airplane on the tarmac in Newark. Look, man, I'll do something crazy. You can arrest me. I don't want to go back up in the air. Yeah, but do me a favor. Officer, officer, my kids are panicking. People are sick back there. We got to get off this plane. I don't want to be on this plane. It's dangerous. We tried to land four times already. We're scared to fly. We want to get off. Take me to jail. Please, take. I don't want to go to jail, but it's not right. We're six hours. It's a three-hour flight. It's not your fault. It's not their fault. We just want to get off. I don't care about JFK. It's our lives. I don't want to go up. Obviously, it was dramatic. People are fainting. People are throwing up. A little respect for human beings. I won't be sitting on this crap. I held myself in long enough. It's not right. Everybody wants to get the hell off. Everybody wants to get off. I want to get off. Thank you. So it turns out that passenger, who you hear the most during that video, is wearing a sweatshirt. I just watched the video on WABCRadio.tv. They've got it, WABCRadio.tv. That passenger, who knew, he's a big Bernie and Sid fan, or at least he found out. We played this audio yesterday because he's on the phone right now, live from Rockland County. That voice, that passenger, all he said to us was his name was Brooke. That may be his last name. Sir, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you? Uh, we're well. Are you are you Good. a uh, a daily listener of this radio show? I am a daily listener from six to seven thirty every morning, and you guys are amazing. I like to say thank you for inspiring everybody's mornings and getting us going early in the a.m. Wow. Well, thank you for for all of that. Again, it's uh, it's an honor to have Jan. You were terrific on this airplane. Uh, yes, a couple of days ago. Tell us the whole story, and and uh, are you ever going to fly again? I'm I'm actually trying to fly tomorrow with my family to Montana for Passover, but my kids are so scared. I don't even know if they're going to get onto the plane. Uh, um, well, well, listen, how did know, it? You, you, Bill 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 O'Reilly said it right. You guys just played it. Basically, it started off with a bang. You know, we came from we're going from Cancun to JFK, just to clarify. Oh, and okay. our flight was at one o'clock, and they delayed us five times. We actually took off at seven o'clock sitting with three young kids and the flight was beautiful everything was fine three hours and when they started to the, the pilot actually was coming from fort lauderdale they're waiting for a pilot from fort lauderdale to come to cancun to fly us to new york so logistically i don't even know where they put that into place that makes sense um so we're starting to land and he tells us it's going to be a little rocky which they knew the weather from the ground and I don't even know why they actually decided to take us there. The weather was so bad. And we started landing. And if I tell you um, any clip you ever watched on TV or some about planes being jerked around, this was to a new level. Oof. The tail was going one way. The front was going another, up and down. No visibility at all. Right. Um, it's an understatement. It's, it's, uh, my, my wife texted her siblings saying, I love you. We thought we were over. Oh my um, God. People were praying during the cross. The guy next to me was throwing up, pale as a ghost. The woman next to him was screaming on top of her lungs. She was in such pain. And that everybody, you know, it came to the point in America 
that everyone's scared to open their mouths. They gave so much power to individuals that they're scared to even stand up. They're going to be blocked for life from flying. So when we finally, he finally tried three, four times to land and realized, you know, this ain't working. He said, we're going to be diverted to Philadelphia on top of everything. So everyone's like, oh, finally, these will get onto the ground. Next thing you know, he does another round, and we end up in Newark. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so, so we I'm end dying. up in Newark. Yeah. I call my taxi. I call my taxi that's waiting for me, my driver, car service, and I said, listen, they just landed in Newark. Get over to Newark. Everybody was clapping when we landed. Everybody did the last prayers. Everybody was good. They open the doors. Customs gets on. Next thing they know, they tell us, oh, we're refueling and going back to JFK. Oh. And at that point, my kids are crying. One of my kids is holding a bag over her face, her face, ready to throw up. And, you know, and people are just sick. I'm surprised nobody had a heart attack on this plane. That's how bad it was. And I just had to stand up. You know, they're treating us like pieces of meat. Instead of uh, understanding, com you know, compassion for human beings. And, on the, like, nobody even walked through the cabin saying, are you okay? Are you guys good? Nobody came over to my children and said, hey, this is out of the norm, you know. But, you know, how are you feeling? And giving them a, a, a bag of potato chips even, nothing. Just like, okay, we're here. They don't let us off. We're going back. And we did not want to go back in the air. We just went through hell and back. You know, it started off with a woman from uh, TikTok. And she took a video of me on TikTok, and after, after Sabbath, I got on my phone, and my sister-in-law called me saying, hey, you're famous. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but, but listen, listen, so we're dying like, to know, yeah. we're dying to know what happened. Did they let you off the plane? I mean, no, forget asking about... JFK. You, oh, they, they, oh, my God, they brought you back. Wow. Oh, my, you must JFK, have... JFK, so my, ta my car service had to go back to JFK. He charged me 600 bucks instead of oh. 200. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and on top of that, and they they sent everybody you know you know they called people were posting on on this TikTok like five thousand comments they were like Jet Black yeah you know instead of Jet yeah. Blue and it's literally a, it's literally an understatement how they literally could get away with this and I actually got an attorney and he's actually looking to make a class action lawsuit yeah. against JFK for oh. holding us against our rights yeah well good if luck the with door that could be open, <laughs> if the door could be open for customs to get on. We could get off. No, nah, listen, I, I, we agree, Absolutely. but uh, that's going to be tough. But listen, go for it. Do it. I will tell I you know, this. I, I know it's going to be tough because they have everybody behind them. The right, government of course, and of course. I, I, had a, know, I, had a sim I had a similar experience back in Christmas, hours and hours, not trying to land the plane, but JetBlue screwing us over as well, canceling my flight. But I will tell you that I stayed there for 11 hours in the airport, eventually got to Hollywood, Florida. I have flown back to Florida and Los Angeles since. So I would get, get back on the plane tomorrow, get your kids back on the plane because you're not, not going to fly and stay home. So just get right back on the horse, and uh, hopefully tomorrow's going to be a lot better. I hope to God. Listen, it came to the point that a guy even on the plane said he'd rather go to jail. Oh, Not my me, God. But there was another guy. He said he'd rather go to jail than go back into the ear. You know, people were frightened for their lives. Of course. And they just really, by the end of the day, did not care. The flight attendants didn't even want to open their mouths because they, if they go against the pilot, they lose their job probably. Well, of course, yes. So, no doubt. Well, well, thank you for calling in. Thank you yeah. for listening every morning. And a happy Pesach from both of us, Bernie and Sid. And better travels to our billings tomorrow. Thank you so and, much. And let us know how it turns thank out. Yes. Thank you, sir. Traffic and sports coming up next right now. It is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to Rudy Giuliani today and every weekday at 3 o'clock. Here Rudy talks Hunter and Joe Biden. In the tar drive, Hunter makes clear that the head of CEFC 
is a spy master for the Chinese Communist Party. Spy master. Another one of the of their partners was a guy who who a Chinese communist who specializes in jamming you up. In other words, they got plenty on Biden and they realized they may need it. You don't think it helped to get them the Bagram Air Base? I mean, what president in his right mind would give up an air base 400 miles from from China and then have his uh, chief of staff lie to the Congress and say that it wasn't uh, strategically important? Talk Radio 77 WABC. That's right. You know, my phone is blowing up. They want to know if this uh, fight between Bernie and Frank is real. Well, I was about to address it to Sidney Arthur Rosenberg. Uh, We are back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. Heard outside uh, in eastern Long Island, as a matter of fact, Hampton Bays. I used to have a house, a summer house in Hampton Bays with about 30 other people. A 107.1 FM out in the Hamptons. Uh, w, uh, we, we can be heard there on the Bernie and Sid Show. Also, you want to watch us on your computers and uh, your smart TVs, WABCradio.tv, Sydney. He was on tape. I would never talk to Frank Diaz or any staff member that way. That was a complete and total joke, FYI, WABC Bernie and Sid listeners. Sid, uh, did you buy it? I thought it was really good. I did buy it for a second because um, I do yeah, talk to the staffers like that all the time. And you mean it, too. <laughs> and I mean it. Yeah. So I did think it was serious because, quite frankly, Frank could be a little annoying. But um, And I love him. But, no, it was uh, well acted on your part. Maybe you should be in all these movies, not me or Bo Dietl. Well, as a matter of fact, I was uh, just going to allude to that as well. Our next guest co-stars in a movie with Sid Rosenberg. These two guys were out in Hollywood taping a movie called Gemini Lounge. Anyway, he's also a hero cop, an icon, needs no introduction, a man with a humongous heart. Bo Deedle, welcome to the Bernie and Sid Show. We love you, bro. Hey, I love you two guys. You know, you're like my sons. Uh, this you. weekend, you know, before I start my rantation that I do every week, let's talk about the most relaxing weekend. Now, I don't know if everybody watched the Masters. You got a guy named Jim, Jim Nance who I know for a lot of years, you know, you guys know him too. One of the greatest announcers that make you feel quiet. It actually takes you away from all these stupid problems. I watched that Masters all weekend long, the birds chirping, the beautiful flowers. It was one of the most serene, beautiful things on television. Very limited commercials, and you hear Jim Nance speaking. And I think it took a lot of people away. And uh, we can't, we can't, disavow the real great person before I go into Scotty who won the, the masses. But I think the real... By the way, I said the same exact thing, Bo. Very soothing, very twank, tranquil. I didn't miss a minute of it. I loved it for the first time in my life. Never didn't miss a minute of the masters broadcast was, Saturday and it Sunday. Un- it was unbelievable. I was very fortunate to play the masters a few years ago, two weeks before the uh, actual tournament with Al Tomatoes. We got invited there by the, uh, the Augusta Chamber of Commerce. Now, you know what? What I'm talking about is the guy who has become my hero. And this is a guy with injuries that were beyond anything. Smashed legs, smashed ankle and everything. And you have Tiger Woods. And look, at I don't care if you like him or not. I happen to really fell in love with the guy for his hard work, his diligence. And to be able to come off that traumatic injury and play four 
uh, four days of golf walking. You can see he was limping and all that. But to me, that is just the epitome to show people hard work. You could do anything. You could defeat anything. A big shout-out to a Tiger Woods. And then, of course, Scotty Schiff with the winner. Look, if anybody saw the, the tournament before this one where he was hugging his father after he won the tournament, and the father said, you know what, I'm so proud of you, not just because of golf, it's the man that you've become. This is a guy who putted the last hole there, and he was laughing. But this is the this is what you look up to a real great uh, golfer and a great human being, great family guy. And I it just took you away from all the nonsense. Now let's get into some of the. By, by the way, one there. last point. That's every year. Uh, it wasn't just this year. Uh, year in and year out, no matter what, the Masters is that one place to get what Bernie talked about yesterday. You're talking about this morning. It's every year. Mike Green, Mike, this year. Mike Green texted me. He said that that is his favorite telecast of the whole year. No just doubt. To, to your point. No every doubt. year. Yep. I, I, I sit down there, and I've been, I'm fortunate to be on the water, and I, I sit in my easy chair, and I watch that. I look at the yeah. water with, with the white swan. It's, it's, it's beautiful. By but, the way, your, your friend Tiger Woods over there, who, uh, yes, very yeah. inspirational, blah, blah, blah. Meantime, he shot a 13 over, lost by 23 strokes. And I love Tiger, and I got into golf many years ago when I watch every event because of Tiger. Very few guys are a bigger jerk-off in the gallery than Tiger Woods, just so you know. <laughs> just so you know. Oh, here comes Sid. Oh, he's impossible. Here comes Sid. Okay, <laughs> hey, Sid, I'd like to put you on that Masters, on that on one of those greens. I've putted those greens. you got to see. So leave Tiger Woods alone. Okay. Bernie, Bernie, <laughs> tell him to yeah. calm down. Okay. I think Tiger's mature. All right, mature. Yes. Mature, Sid. Okay, you look beautiful, but mature, my little friend. <laughs> All I can say is this. Look at you got President Biden holding up one of these ghost guns the other day. And all of a sudden, he's talking about these guns and the ghost guns. i never seen a gun go off by itself. And, you know, when you get this moron, the head of HHS, oh, white supremacy is the biggest threat. And I said, how about 21,000 Americans were killed by murder in 2021, 14,000 blacks, 90% of them black on black. This is the real threat to the Americans. And why aren't we talking about that? But instead, we're talking about nonsense. Then you get this judge, this Ann Scherzer's. I hope I pronounced her, her name right. She kept this murdering little punk, John Spree. He assassinated someone, and, he, and she kept him in jail with uh, bail, which she would not release them. And then the, the lawyer there, Michelle Valasor or Grant, whatever her name is, she became outraged that he's not being uh, given bail and being released. This is our problem. And Governor there, Snaggletooth Hochko there, with her bail reform, mm-hmm. this is just, it, like I say, it's a window dressing with all this bail reform. And what we got to do is we got to get to the meat. And instead of worrying about all the bull crap out there and we're worrying about the white supremacists out there, we should be focusing on what's going on with our little children. And I, I, this is one of the areas that I'm really angry about. I have a six-year-old grandson that goes to school in New York City. And the, the chancellor of the New York City, I, just, I happen to know very well, and the chancellor is a, is a good, strong family man, and, and his name is uh, Banks. Thanks. And he's on top of all this stuff. But you know what? Why are we worrying about uh, teaching these kids? And did you see some of the questions on this as far as with the kids? You might feel like a boy, even if you have body parts 
that some people might tell you are girl parts. Mm. You might feel like you're a girl even if you're body parts. That some people say you have boy parts. And you might not feel like you're a boy or a girl, but you feel like both. Why? Why the hell are we talking about this crap to five and six-year-olds? And that Mur- Murphy the moron over there better stand up. You almost lost the last time to the guy coming on the show. I tell you what, if this election was run today, Murphy would have been voted out. And I think everyone should vote these, 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 these liberal pieces of garbage out. Leave our children alone. These are five and six years old. When you're one, they're 13 or 14. I don't care what you teach them. But right now, I don't want my little children to know about what's going on, and you could cut your thing off and all that kind of crap. It's just disgusting as far as I'm concerned. And we have to stand up for our kids. These kids are innocent. How about teaching them about arithmetic, teaching them how to spell, teaching them about happy things? As yes. it is, they got to turn the TV on, see people getting massacred in the Ukraine. Why do we need to teach them about all this sexuality when there's such innocent minds there? Please leave our children alone. You because they're perverts, uh, Bo Deedle. They're grooming them. That's what they're doing. They're grooming them. Make no mistake about it. This is a coordinated effort to groom our kids, to separate them from their parents, to indoctrinate them to, uh, for future purposes. That's what it's all about. And, and, you know, on, on Thursday, on Thursday, I'm going to be up in the 28 Precinct up in Harlem. You know, 1972, people forget. They're finally going to be putting a plaque there in front of the 28 Precinct for a guy named Philip Cardillo. This was an officer that went on a radio run. It was a radio run that was called into a mosque on 116th Street. I was on the force at that time. And they went in there, and they held him in there, and they trapped him in there. And they and they and they shot him dead, and never ever to be no one was ever convicted of killing that cop. And all these cop killers today, all of them are all out. But for some reason, my Italian friends, well, some of them may be murderers, but they're still doing time to their ninety-nine. Mm-hmm. Oh, let my Italian killer friends out too, if you want to let everybody out. Cop killers. Well, I want the Italians out of jail. There's no reason for an Italian killer to be doing 99 years when these other little creeps that kill cops are getting out. Hey, let's balance it out there, dingbats. Let's balance it out. Let's <laughs> let my Italians go. Yep. Also, on like Thursday, it's, it's going to be 1 o'clock in the afternoon at the 2-8 precinct, and we're finally going to honor Cardillo. This is Philip Cardillo, who his family has never got their justice at all. And uh, then we had a mayor at that time. Who was that jerk? I think it was Lindsay or one of the morons there. And they never prosecuted and convicted anyone for killing this young cop. And to me, it, it may be 50 years, but still it hurts my heart that this cop was killed by these animals. And I think we have to stand together. Also, one more thing on the way out, guys. I was listening to those. Uh, I was listening to the people in Shanghai. You know, don't don't be don't take it bad, but. This could happen in the United States, all exactly. these friggin' liberals. If this pandemic comes to the United States, you're going to have these morons because they want control. They want control in our classrooms. They want to control our kids. They want to control what we do only to what they want. And again, 2% maybe in this country are gay. Why are they dictating to everybody in this country, the Congress, the, the uh, Academy Awards, why are they dictating? This is such a minority. The majority should come up and speak what we want. We are the majority. Uh, that's right. Tired. And you guys keep keep 
standing up for all the good people, the majority of people that know what's going on, but we've got to change it. We've got to vote out these liberals, and, and in November, we've got to show them that the silent majority has awoken again. Get rid of these wokes, and the first one to go should, should be that AOC, I'll, I'll vote for Anybody but that creep. Mm. Bo Deedle, listen, <laughs> he's got a great podcast, one tough podcast. Bo Deedle, you're terrific. By the way, less than 1%, infinitesimally small number of uh, transgenders as well. But, Bo, terrific appearance, as usual. Thank you for appearing on the Bernie and Sid Show. We love you. We're going to speak to Jack Cittarelli next hour. So keep it where it is, folks. We're coming right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. That's right. I want to celebrate back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. I don't know what I'm celebrating. There's going to be a bad, bad inflation number coming out today, but that reflects the past. Of course, the future not looking any better. Prospects are that it's going to continue for a long time, this inflation. Terrible, terrible, terrible. We're going to speak also to Jack Cittarelli next hour. Jack Cittarelli, tough guy, smart guy, guy who almost uh, by a hair lost the governor's race to that uh, – well, what did Bo Deedle call him, a bucktooth weasel, or did I call him that? I don't know, Phil Murphy. And we're going to talk about this uh, grooming, t- teaching kids, little kids, this perversion about sex, talking to kids about sex, which is criminal. You should be arrested, put in jail for doing so. On the Bernie and Sid Show, one 800 We'll be right back. Just want to celebrate, yeah, yeah, another day of living, yeah. Ah. Sit in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. Expected to hit around 73 today. And, folks, on Thursday, 78. So we are starting to get some more like summer temperatures, even warmer than spring, over the next couple of days. Now, not uh, sunshine all day today and or Thursday. In fact, it's cloudy out right now. But 72 to 78 the next couple of days. For me, I welcome that. I've had enough Sweet. of uh, winter. I know you have too, Bernard. As we come back, hour number three of the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show, and uh, we've covered so much today. One thing I do want to get to is uh, there is some word now, talking about Russia, Ukraine, we brought it up a couple times the first two hours, that uh, Vladimir Putin and the Russians may end the war against Ukraine on May the 9th. Now, if I ask that of uh, just about anybody, why that date, nobody would know, but my money uh, is on you, Bernie, that you may know why the Russians and Putin are talking about ending the war against Ukraine in a couple of weeks on May the 9th. May the 9th? Uh, isn't that the day uh, World War II ended, May you're, the 9th? You're, you're unbelievable. Yes, that is the I mean, day that the Russians claim victory uh, at the end the of way, World War II. I hadn't heard that before, but uh, that's the first I'm hearing that they wanted to end the yes, war on May the 9th. That has uh, been all over the 
uh, some of these fake news channels. I may have seen it on Fox News. I don't know. I'm kind of watching out of the corner of my eye. But, yes, because that was the day the Russians claimed victory, as you just pointed out, because you're brilliant, World War II. Well, actually, let's just stipulate the the, the war in Europe, because the war in the Pacific went on for uh, until we dropped the bombs in August. Right, right. But uh, that's very interesting, and I, I hope, I hope to God, I hope anything ends this damn war. I hate this war. I hate to see the carnage. It really, it's disturbing, and... Uh, I mean, uh, many, many things. It's just an awful, awful situation. And uh... Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. You know, if the Ukrainians are going to fight back, fight the Russians, uh, you know, the victory is in doubt. Some people say the Ukrainians would win if we gave them all the arms. But in the meantime, so many people would die. It's yeah. not a foregone conclusion that they no. would win. No. Uh, I mean, I just, I just want it to, I do want it to end. And by the way, Putin has lost already. So he's not going, you know, he's already suffered big time humiliation. Yep. And uh, he's not going to invade any other country. We know his army sucks. Yep. So he doesn't have the the means, the wherewithal. No, he doesn't. In fact, uh, they're about to go into eastern Ukraine, and uh, they're going to be in for a load of trouble from the hard-fighting home Ukrainians in the eastern portion of that country coming up. And I think that'll be the end of it. Now there's all kinds of reports, of course, that the Russian army are involving in sexual misconduct. They're raping Ukrainian girls as young as 9 or 10 years old. Do I believe that's true? Yes, I do. thousand percent. But, but, but what are you going to do about it? I mean, you know, the U.S. is claiming that Russia has been involved in sexual misconduct. So we keep talking about all these crimes, uh, the, the killing, the rapes and all this. What are we going to do about it? The truth is nothing. Nothing. Not, listen, uh, let me just say, and I've said it before, when the Russians came from uh, the Soviet Union to Germany at the end of the aforementioned World War II, they raped and pillaged even their own people like nobody's business, and nobody did squat about it. They were animals, and they, they're keeping in line with that. They're doing it now. Uh, so nobody did anything about it back then. There's nothing you can do about it now except try to stop it. Otherwise, it's just going to continue. Agreed. Now, the uh, Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show has been hit by this upswing in uptick in COVID. You've been reading about, you've been hearing about uh, over the last couple of days of 55%. Of course, uh, this strain is less serious than a cold. Only three people have died over the last week, and you can bet your ass they all had comorbidities. Uh, hospitalizations are down. It's really a bunch of nonsense. It's, it's less than a cold, but we did lose Justin Ellick for a couple of days. Now he's back, and now we've lost Luke Legrano for a couple of days, and we've got depth at this station. Thank you to Dino, very talented kid works on the Greg Kelly Show. He's uh, filling in this week for Luke Legrano. So we've been hit by the COVID here on the show, Bernie, but thank God, uh, as with most people, the overwhelming majority, nobody's really sick. No, no. The uh, disease, uh, you know, it has attenuated. I like using that $3 word. It's weakened. Very good Just word. like all viruses uh, do, uh, they, that's because they want to survive. And that's their way. That's the virus's way of surviving. The virus has its own. I mean, it's a real, real strange thing. It's got its own will, if you will, and it's, it's smart. It's not stupid. So, yeah, the bottom line is hospitalizations, deaths, way down. 
case numbers rising, a little more transmissible because it is, uh, well, it's just that the way viruses work, more transmissible but a lot less lethal, and therefore you don't see people with symptoms. For example, Eric Adams, he was he was at the podium in his uh, $1,000 suit yesterday from Gracie Mansion virtually, <laughs> and uh, I just have a raspy voice, but uh, otherwise I'm fine. And that's the case with our guys here. You know, I am curious. Is Dino, does Dino have a microphone there? By any yes, chance? he does, yes. Hey, Mike, come out to the, uh, if you would, uh, just briefly. Uh, are you there, Mike? What's going on, Bernie? Hey, Mike, quite, nothing. Listen, uh, we played clips of Greg Kelly and you having, uh, you know, some uh, fiery exchanges. Uh, how do you, you get along with Greg? Uh, how, do, how do you like working for Greg Kelly? Yeah, me and Greg get along. Um I kind of become his sports guy now. He doesn't watch, follow, or appreciate sports at all. No, so he's I'm, so annoying when it comes to sports. We get it. Shut up. You're not a big sports fan, but the way he demeans you is not right. Yeah, that. that I mean, I don't. I, that doesn't bother me too much. I thought it was pretty funny. I actually heard you guys playing the clips, and I got a, I got a good laugh out of it. So I mean, no hard feelings for me. That's cool. You yeah, got a thick skin. Well, that's and, not uh, how you really feel, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> not you know, at all. You got to be right on the right. Greg Kelly comes with his sunglasses, kick your ass. But, but that's like with Imus. He used to abuse us. We had thick right. skins. We were like, uh, you know. It's a good paycheck, and right, uh, that's I'm going to stay here. No, you're right. We, but every once in a while, we did fight back, and the Dino's about at that point. Trust me, I know Mike very well. Hey, let's stick with you for a second, Mike, because earlier this morning, when you were doing sports with me, getting ready for me to do my updates on this show, uh, the Mets gave up five in the eighth. They've now lost two consecutive days by giving up runs in the eighth inning. The Met bullpen has fallen apart the last couple of days, and I said the Mets are still really good. I think the Mets have a chance to be a World Series team, and you kind of scoffed at that. Why are you down on the Mets? I'm not necessarily down on the Mets, but I, I think their outcome this year is pretty simple, right? Like if Jacob deGrom's not in the rotation this year or if he's hurt for an extended period of time, which at this point he is, I don't see how they're going to go anywhere. Really? You don't think that Scherzer and Bassett and Carrasco and, and those guys are enough? You don't think so? I, I think their rotation's good, but I have you know I have questions about their lineup. Still, Francisco Lindor needs to be worth $300 million. I have right. questions about the bullpen still. I like the rotation. I think Bassett and Carrasco both looked really good in their first start, and I'm excited to see how they throw this year. I'm not worried about the rotation, but I have question marks about everything else. All right, fair enough. The Mets are 3-2 and two back in Philadelphia tonight. Tyler McGill, who pitched very well opening day against the Nationals on the mound for the Mets. And former Mets, Zach Wheeler, he's been great since going to the Phillies. We'll tow the rubber for Joe Girardi and the Phillies later on tonight. You did mention, Bernard, that uh, the mayor, Eric Adams, is uh, home all week with COVID. But uh, <laughs> as you said earlier, you're right again. Um, maybe you said it late yesterday. That's not going to stop him from going on Zoom and uh, getting all dialed up as if he was going to Cipriani's later on tonight. And that was basically the case with the mayor yesterday, yes? Yeah, and he gave a stupid uh, speech about ghost guns, which is ridiculous. Uh, you're blaming the gun. Ghost guns, uh, so-called, they're not even, not, it's not even a thing. I mean, the, the people who uh, have these so-called ghost guns, they order parts, and they put them together, they, they manufacture them. The thugs that have ghost guns, they stole those guns. These thugs, the, like that 17-year-old animal who shot that 13-year-old girl, a 16-year-old, on the steps of the South Bronx school, he did not send away for parts and assemble that gun. He stole that gun. So we have to focus on the, the shooter, the killer, and not the gun. We, have to, we want to stop the flow of guns. But this was a whole thing, this ghost gun thing, is to really harass legal gun owners because you can uh, buy a part to attach it to your gun, 
and now it has to be it has to have a serial number. It's complicated, but it, it, it's another distraction, diversion, and not addressing the real problem with these so-called ghost guns. Both Biden and, and Eric Adams uh, jumped on this garbage yesterday, and uh, it's just a waste of time listening to them talk about ghost guns. Does nothing. They have these uh, Hollywood trade magazines, and uh, one of them is Deadline. And they're doing all these entertainment stories constantly. So I've been in like six of these magazines. I'm not exaggerating, Bernie. Over the last couple of weeks, almost every day, these big-time trade magazines run a story about Danny A's movie, Gemini Lounge. And they're mostly mentioning Danny A and Emile Hirsch and Lucy Hale and those folks. But in all of those articles, they mention Bo Deedle. They actually mention Bo Deedle out of The Godfather of Harlem. They mention me out of Gravesend, not WABC. But nice, Yeah, nice. it's funny. So I'm in all these, uh, in all these articles. It's kind of cool. Gemini Lounge, I just filmed. And congratulations to our mutual friend today, Bernie, from CNBC. He's on this show every now and then, Ron and Santa, he had this movie idea about that 1963 soybean scandal that nearly caused the market to crash. It really did. Tito DeAngelis out of Bayonne, New Jersey, he was the guy behind all this. And about the time he was going down was when President Kennedy got assassinated. It makes for an unbelievable story. Uh, they're making a movie out of it. It's called The Tank Job. I'm in that movie. We start filming either July or August in Bayonne, New Jersey. And today, wow. that movie hit the Deadline magazine. So uh, I'm all over the Hollywood trades with the movie Gemini Lounge, which I just filmed in Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago, and now the tank job with Ron and Santa and uh, Sokolo coming up this summer in uh, Bayonne, New Jersey. Talking about New Jersey, joining us at 840, he ran for governor. He made it a very close race. In fact, he shocked a bunch of people. He was on this show all the time, Jack Cittarelli, losing by just inches to Phil Murphy. He's coming on at 840 to discuss something you talked about all day yesterday, Westfield, New Jersey, the latest. So for folks who want to know why he's coming on, Bernie, explain in Monarch Note version why Cittarelli is stopping by and exactly what's got him pissed off. Well, it's a phenomenon. It all started, uh, was exposed, really. I mean, the reaction to the Parental Rights Act in Florida exposed what these people are doing and what their intentions are. Uh, grooming kids, grooming young kids. Uh, we knew it uh, with the critical race theory. We knew it about the Green New Deal. And uh, essentially what it is is don't tell your parents, but blah, 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 blah. And it's, 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 it's to separate the parents, this grooming uh, phenomenon, Separate the kids from the parents in schools, and this is how you change society. Uh, I think it was somebody said, uh, somebody famous said, I forget who it was, you give me a kid till he's seven years old and he's mine for life. And this is what the, they, they, they subscribe to that. So they, they passed the Parental Rights Act down in Florida. Then they, they start screaming and yelling. They know that we're on to them at this point because of the COVID. The silver lining to the COVID was that we found out what they're teaching our kids. So they scream and yell, you can't do this, you can't do this, and they lie. They call it a don't say gay bill. And uh, now everywhere around the country we see, I played clips of uh, teachers actually admitting that uh, they do these types of things, you know, that, that uh, the transgender teachers trying to validate their own existence, even gay teachers trying to get, validate their own existence by having kids, brainwashing kids into thinking the way they think. And maybe having these kids uh, change early on. So anyway, in Westfield, New Jersey, they want to teach first and second graders about sexual identity. They want to talk about penises, vaginas in the second freaking grade in Westfield, New Jersey. And Governor Phil Murphy apparently is, is cool with this. This uh, bucktooth weasel, 
He may be a pervert. He may be a groomer himself. And the mayor of Westfield, New Jersey, uh, you said her name was Shelly uh, I think it's Brindell. I think it's Brindell. Brindell, I believe so, yes. If she, she's cool with this, then uh, she should be arrested and thrown in jail because you wouldn't let any other adult talk to your kids about vaginas and penises at seven and eight no. years old. You just would no. not do that. Right. And that's what these people are doing. It's a phenomenon. Uh, but the, the worst case, uh, the, the worst of it is the sexual part of it because – it is so filthy, rotten, and some of these people are predators. They take advantage of these kids. Yep. I've mentioned this before. You, that's, this is where pedophiles go. They go where the kids are. Yep. You see, you saw it in the priesthood. You saw it in the Boy Scouts and in the teaching profession. And Disney, too. Yeah, no, there's no question. Exactly. Right. Wherever so, the kids uh, are. Yep. So this is what uh, Playgrounds. Is <laughs> I'm sorry? Playgrounds. Oh, yeah. Kids oh, are no adopted doubt. all the time. Playgrounds. Uh, those are the spots. But you, you would expect it to be safer in school, even though, yes, some of these teachers are pervs. But uh, we are making sure that's not the case, which is very, very scary and also very, very sad. So Jack Cittarelli will join us coming up at, uh, at 840 this morning. So we're only about halfway through. It's been a great show already. Lots more to do on the Tuesday edition of Bernie and Sid. Radio 77, What I feel. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, everywhere in the 77 WABC app simulcast out on Eastern Long Island. News Talk 107.1 FM, also on your smart TVs, your computers, WABCradio.tv. Uh, you know, Sid, I've been talking, uh, everybody's been talking about how this administration, uh, the President Biden, President Harris, well, first of all, they went over to uh, Poland and they, they embarrassed us. They went to Romania, whatever she did anyway. Embarrassed the hell out of us. Uh, but anyway, we're the laughing stock. They are the laughing stock of the world. These people are embarrassing incompetence is what they are. And uh, the, the, the audio here may not do this justice. Probably doesn't. So we're going to post this uh, on our social media sites. Uh, Saudi Arabian TV. Saudi Arabian television. They put some, some TV show on, their, on one, one of their channels, put together a bit where they have uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris going out to the podium, and she's basically carrying him like he's half a corpse, like, uh, you know, Weekend at Bernie's. And she puts him, and by the way, it's a guy playing Kamala Harris with sort of blackface. They don't have these uh, PC worries in Saudi Arabia uh, the way we do. So, yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, they, they and, and Joe Biden speaks, and, and while he's speaking, he falls asleep halfway through. She's correcting him. I'll play a little bit of it, but uh, check out our social media sites to watch it. I'm sure you're going to see it today if you're watching uh, some of these cable news channels. But anyway, Saudi TV mocking Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Cut 37, Lou, please. Thank you very much. Today, we're going to talk about the crisis in Spain. Yeah, we're going to talk about the crisis in Africa. Yeah, Russia. Yeah, Russia. And I want to talk about the president of Russia, uh, Putin. Yeah, Putin. Putin, listen to me. 
I have very important message to you. The message is... And the president of China... <laughs> he falls asleep. Oh, he didn't finish last night. Thank you to correct me, first lady. Thank you very much. God bless you. And God bless... Thank you all. You got to see this. That's good enough. That's good. So, so he says, thank you, first lady. And he's talking to Kamala Harris. Anyway, it's, it's absolutely hilarious to watch it. Uh, go to our social media sites, uh, Saudi TV mocking Joe and Kamala. Uh, to get serious, uh, they hunt a, the, the Joe Biden corruption, uh, the Joe Biden crime family. Uh, that's a real, a real phenomenon. And uh, last night, believe it or not, uh, this guy Chuck Grassley, I think he's 90 years old, He's on the uh, on the Judiciary Committee. He's been investigating this Hunter Biden laptop in the Senate, and uh, he was on the Jesse Waters show. And Jesse asked him flat out, is Joe Biden compromised? Uh, cut five, Lou, please. Oh, it's 15, so. Do you have evidence, Senator, that would lead you to believe that Joe is potentially compromised by the Chinese? I only have enough evidence that that's a legitimate question. I do not have evidence that goes as far as you'd like to have me say it go, or if I could say it, I would say it. Cut 16, more grassly. Go ahead, Lou. What we do know is that Hunter Biden had arrangements with Chinese business people. Those Chinese business people had connections to the military and the Chinese Communist Party, and we know that they received $5 million one time. James received a million dollars one time. And then we got all sorts of bank records saying on a regular order, $100,000 for many months to Hunter Biden. Does this compromise the national security of the United States? Do they have enough on them to get something out of a president of the United States? If the Chinese pay this kind of money, it's reasonable to, for us to expect that they expect something. Of course. I mean, it's just kind of it's just like the Trump-Russia collusion. We all know it didn't happen uh, through three years or two years of a Mueller investigation. We all knew the Jesse Smollett uh, thing was a hoax. We knew it. And just like we know, Biden received money. He knew everything about what was going on. And you heard the Grassley mentioned James Biden, the latest revelation from yesterday. James Biden got, I think it was a couple of hundred grand for China, from a Chinese arms uh, company, an arms dealer. Uh, I mean, this is really, really bad stuff. The walls are closing in. I said it before, and I just said it again. Yesterday, I met, we were talking about the ghost gun nonsense a complete and total waste of time focusing on stupid uh, manufactured guns as opposed to the criminals that are pulling the trigger. But anyway, during the speech, uh, the compromised Joe Biden is also the vegetable Joe Biden who's, you know, intellectually, mentally just not there. Cut 23, Louis stumbles through this uh, gun speech. Go ahead. When the cop knows by first name who owns the corner drugstore, who lives in the apartment above 6B, with the people who are the, 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 the pastors of the churches. Right now, you get let out of prison after serving your time. You get a bus ticket and 25 bucks. You end up under the same bridge you left two, five, ten years earlier. Think about the mass shootings. As many as 100 rounds. It's a weapon of war. I'm proud to nominate Steve Dillman 
Dettelbach, excuse me, I mispronounced your name. I just, as director of Bureau of, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Farms, and Explosives. So Saudi TV, you got more material. I mean, every single day I play a clip where he just is really totally, completely out of it. The 25th Amendment, of course, we would get Kamala. Now, listen, Jack Chidorelli's coming on to Westfield, New Jersey. They're going to indoctrinate kids. They're going to talk sex with, with first and second graders. So what do they do with fifth graders? Well, check this out. There's an organization called Amaze, amaze.com, and they, they're consultants for schools throughout the country. They provide them with material to how to talk to kids about sex, amaze.com. This is real. This is what they do. Now, this is for fifth graders, amaze.com. Here, here's a little cartoon. You'll hear the audio, of course. They show uh, figures of little kids. But this is aimed at fifth graders, amazed, talking about pornography for fifth graders. Cut, uh, cut one, Lou, please. Yes, it's normal. Lots of people watch porn. After all, it's right there and it's free. Find out more about porn right here on Amaze. So cut two, they talk about oral sex. This is aimed at fifth graders. They play it for fifth Jeez. graders. Cut two, please, Lou. Whether oral sex counts as sex is really up to you. Generally through the ages, sex was assumed as vagina penile sex. But many people will choose not to have that kind of sex. Like me. I'm gay, so if sex is just a penis and a vagina, then I guess my boyfriend and I will never have sex. So for me... Oral sex is definitely sex. So this is just making me th- want to throw up. I mean, but <laughs> oh my god! I'm just giving you an idea. This 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 <laughs> grooming that's going on and this uh, sex abuse. Now the teacher then has a discussion with the kids. Is this teacher getting off on that? I mean, what's going on? Uh, that, it's a legitimate question. What is going on? What do they do with these kids? And they continue the conversation. Well, you stay after class, and we'll talk about it a little more. I mean, there's no business. They have no business talking to kids about sex whatsoever in the schools. And, uh, I mean, they need cameras in the classrooms is what they need. And for Disney, which, uh, you know, back the uh, opposed, I should say, the Parental Rights Act, I'm really happy they lost $2 billion in the last couple of days in stock value. Cancel your Disney Plus. Cancel your plans to travel to Orlando and go to Disney. Just cancel it all because this is a crisis. This grooming and sex abuse in public schools is a complete and total crisis, and Governor Phil Murphy is apparently okay with it. So we'll talk to Jack Cittarelli and see what he says about all this and Murphy's uh, tacit endorsement. He tried to dodge questions about it, but he didn't condemn it, did not condemn it whatsoever yesterday. On the Bernie and Sid show, Jack Cittarelli is coming up next. Oh, yes, the clip of the day, by the way. It's a very interesting clip of the day, and I'll tell you what it is. It is. It happens to be. It happens to be the uh, Rudy Giuliani show today and every weekday afternoon at three o'clock. Here, Rudy talks Hunter and Joe Biden. But Hunter also was spending the Biden crime before he got to pay the expenses. I think even before he got to do the fifty percent, he was buying massive amounts of his crack, hundred and fifty thousand dollars cars. You can see from the testimony of his wife that that was out of control. Well, that was coming out of everybody's percentage. I mean, this was a family business. James was involved in it. He was also using other bag men, and they were getting pieces of this. I mean, James did a big score in Iraq. 
he got into a $1.5 billion housing deal in Iraq with no experience on housing when Joe caved in on the status of forces agreement. Talk Radio 77. WABC. So one day, Justin Ellick is like, well, I'm Justin Ellick trying to make a point about himself. And I'm said, said, wait, wait a second, wait a second. Did you just say I'm Justin Ellick? Well, no, the story was, I get, it was that cab story. I get in the cab and the cab oh, that's asked right. me, you know, how does that, you sound familiar. That's right. The cabbie uh, recognized your voice from this show. I'm Justin Ellick. Made a big deal about those particular words or three words, I'm Justin Ellick that day. And it turns out that Justin's mother, who's been on this show, she's adorable, I brought her on to talk about his uh, Shiksa girlfriend. And uh, she's made these T-shirts that are black with white lettering that reads, I'm Justin Ellick. And right now, Lou Rafino, me, Justin, Gabby Lopez, and a host of others are wearing these T-shirts around the studio. So when you watch this radio show, after the radio show is done, which you can do every day at WABCRadio.tv, WABCRadio.tv, you'll see us all wearing these I'm Justin Ellick T-shirts, and uh, we look ridiculous, and the saying is is is, is funny. And uh, congratulations, you've got your own shirt, Justin. Way to go. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, uh, we'll make a bunch more. We'll throw it up on the WABC store. No one's going to buy this. Are you nuts? No, of course not. Right. But, uh, but, it'll be up there. But if they had a shirt that said, I'm Jack Chitterelli, that's a different story. Jack nearly won the gubernatorial race in New Jersey. He did not have two bigger fans than me and Bernie. We had Jack on quite a bit. And uh, Murphy was supposed to just destroy Chitterelli and Jack made it a very, very, very close race, which I do, I do think, as well as Bernie, bodes well for Jack in the future. Here he is, New Jersey, about to do something very, very nasty. The aforementioned Jack Chitterelli. Good morning, Jack. Hello, Jack. Hey, good morning, guys. Great to be back with you and help boost those races. Uh, <laughs> there you go. You you certainly do. And again, you were on quite a bit during your run, and it was a mutual beneficial. I think our ratings did get better, and you nearly won. Uh, before we get to what's going to happen in Westfield, New Jersey today, and a story that Bernie has been all over, quite frankly, for two days, you have talked on this show about coming back and doing it again, coming so close. Last time you ran, where are you, Jack, in terms of your uh, aspiring, your political future? Well, right now, guys, I'm up and down the state on kind of a thank you tour. Yes, I lost, but it was the most successful night in 30 years for Republicans. We picked up a whole lot of seats in the state legislature and Flipped more than 100 seats at the local, municipal, and county levels, uh, winning in places we've never won before. So it's kind of a thank you and a congratulations tour to all the people that won out there. I felt a, a great obligation and responsibility to everybody down ballot. And fortunately, the campaign did create a lot of momentum. Our job is to continue that momentum and win some congressional seats this year, which we will. And you won a lot of uh, you know state seats as well because of you, because you were at the top of the ticket. So it wasn't uh, just a loss for Jack Chitterelli. There were a lot of victories, including that guy who was just a truck driver, what the hell he was. You dragged him across the finish line. There's no doubt about it, Jack Chitterelli yeah, on the Bernie and Sitcha. Uh, you and, want to comment on that? Go ahead. Term, you won in the third district. Uh, of course, many Democrats have a different middle name for Ed, but we know him as Ed Truck and Durr. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's hilarious right there, Jack Chitterelli. Listen, what's not so funny is what, uh, and it's gotten national attention is this phenomenon that started with the passage of the Parental Rights Act down in Florida. It's it exposed the real, and it's wider and more rampant than we thought before, 
this grooming and uh, uh, talking sex to kids in schools, you know it's it's more wide, widespread and that they want to do it because of the pushback that they've been engaged in since the Parental Rights Act, lying about what it's called, don't say gay, uh, Bill. Uh, and now in Westfield, New Jersey, we find out that they're going to teach first and second graders about gender fluidity and they're going to talk about, you know, uh, pardon the language, penises and vaginas. I say pardon the language to a man who's in his 50s probably, and they're going to talk to second graders about it in Westfield, New Jersey. Jack Cittarelli, what do you think about all that? Uh, guys, we, we don't teach trigonometry in kindergarten, first or second grade, because it's age inappropriate. Kids aren't ready for that subject matter. And the same goes with this subject uh, topic. So, listen, one of the reasons why the campaign was so successful, I think, is because we talked about kitchen tables. And now one of those uh, kitchen table issues is the topic of the day. And that's the public school curriculum. And um, Murphy signed a law in 2019 and 2021 that changed the curriculum dramatically. And the State Board of Education has issued standards that really have a lot of parents up in arms. And what Westfield did is release some of the sample lessons that are recommended uh, by the State Board of Education on how to address these topics. And it has parents in an uproar, and rightfully so. Is Westfield uh, the only place, uh, do you know, Jack, maybe this is a little more widespread than even most people on the press knows about, in your state specifically? Well, what's happening, guys, is the Board of Educations across the state, of which there are close to 600, are now preparing for September school year. Um, It's springtime, and they're preparing for the next school year. And in so doing, they're talking about these these new laws uh, that were, by the way, signed in the middle of the pandemic. Phil Murphy signed these laws in the middle of the pandemic where people are distracted, understandably so. And then also in between the two laws that he signed, the State Board of Education released these new standards um, on how to teach sex education and other topics like gender ID and sexual orientation. Board of Education just getting around to it now because it's supposed to take effect this September. And in so doing, they're putting out these sample lesson plans. And uh, it's my hope that parents across the state will attend Board of Education meetings and, and tell their representatives, those people represent the community, their elected local officials on Board of Educations, hell no, we're not for this. And, and guys, yesterday, guess what Phil Murphy said? He's willing to entertain changes to the curriculum if parents don't accept it. How the hell did he didn't know when it first came into effect? I mean, uh-huh. I was talking about this all throughout the campaign. He refused to answer the questions, but here we are today. So uh, it, it is April 12th today, plenty of time to, to pre- prevent this stuff from going into effect. As you point out, he's willing to entertain uh, changes. Okay, that's very nice of you. Uh, but uh, uh, are there any planned events? I mean, and, and we, I think we should name and shame, the, for example, the principal of the school, the mayor of uh, Westfield, New Jersey, for allowing this to happen in her city. Uh, her name is Shelley uh, Lindell or something like that. But uh, is there, are there any plans to, to protest, any public events? I mean, this is our, these are our kids, for God's sakes. We cannot allow this to happen to our kids in our own community, Jack. Uh, plan A, guys, is for us to attend local Board of Education meetings, which are being held in person once again. Again, not, not only is this curriculum so offensive, what was insulting is the fact that it was done during the pandemic when everyone was sheltering in place, people were distracted, they had no opportunity for public comment, Uh, Bills were rushed through the legislature. Shame on the the majority and Phil Murphy for doing that. But plan A is to get out to these Board of Education meetings and provide the pushback 
let these Board of Educations know. And if that doesn't work in terms of moving Murphy beyond willing to entertain and just saying no and coming out with new standards, then it's time for uh, Plan B, which would uh, create more noise and and show that uh, people across the state just are not comfortable with this move. I want to move off this for one second, and I move on to another Jersey topic. Only It's very selfish, Jack. I've got a good friend of mine. You know who he is, too. And he's about to uh, purchase a store and get involved in this business. And I'm talking about specifically recreational marijuana. I, I know that you guys passed a law last year, but I did see something this morning, just this morning, that said you guys in New Jersey are very close to licensing recreational marijuana uh, stores. Is, uh, is that the truth? Are you guys uh, very, very close? So yesterday, uh, the legislature approved, a committee uh, approved, that six medical dispensaries, medical marijuana dispensaries, will now be allowed to sell at retail. Guys, I was never a a proponent of this. All during the campaign, I talked about decriminalization. I don't think anybody should get a criminal record or serve prison time for a petty amount in their possession. Um, but, um, But here we are now. This was a major Murphy move. Um, you know what a lot of people don't know, guys? Of the 565 towns in New Jersey, close to 400 have passed local ordinances that they do not want dispensaries in really? their towns. Wow. That's right. i tell you, one, one thing so, about New York, and, and I know about this because my wife is an attorney, and it turns out that uh, getting these licenses is very, very expensive. and turns out to be a very good deal for lawyers. But uh, for some reason in New York, they're offering these stores to folks who have been arrested for marijuana. That, that seems crazy, no, Jack? It, it, listen, the, the whole thing is crazy, and the reason why it's taken Murphy five years to get this thing going, despite this being a major campaign promise from back in 2017, is this ain't easy. And what he's finding out is people across the state, even though they approved it on the ballot, but the devil's in the details. And now the details are coming out. People are saying, whoa, 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 wait a second. This isn't what we signed up for. It's made law enforcement almost impossible. Do you know what the pressure that's on local police these days because of the legalization of marijuana and not being able to take kids into custody and return them to their parents if they've been caught with marijuana the way it was in the old days? So a lot of devil in the details. This isn't what New Jersey signed up for. 400 towns have signed ordinances saying not in our town, and um, it's having trouble getting going. So we'll just have to see how it goes from this point forward. So Jack Cittarelli uh, on the Bernie and Sitcho, another Huge issue, of course, the CPI index is going to come out today. Inflation, it's going to reflect the, the, that prices have been rising, you know, uh, exponentially with, with products, but mostly uh, energy, uh, you know, gas and home heating oil and stuff like that. Uh, what is uh, Phil Murphy or the legislature or anybody in New Jersey done to help reduce the price of gas at the pump? Anything? Certainly we know the international crisis, guys, is having an impact, but there's things that can be done. Um, you know, I would suggest that we have a conversation. He's sitting on $4 billion in surplus. We could take a three-month tax holiday on the gas tax. He could put money in the Transportation Trust Fund from the surplus so we don't lose infrastructure projects and give people a break on the gas tax, which is more than 40 cents a gallon in, in New Jersey. But listen, guys, I've said it all along. Um, the Democrats gave a whole lot of money away. Um, that was unnecessary, in my opinion. Yes, there were people that fell in hard times, and we should always take care of them. But this is the result of a sugar high from all the money that (laughs) was just pumped into the economy and put in people's pockets. And it's only now that people are waking up saying, hey, maybe I ought to get back to work. Um, So um, this is the problem with the approach that Murphy and and the administration in Washington took with regard to the pandemic. Yeah, that $1.9 trillion uh, so-called COVID relief bill, 
propel this whole inflation crisis. That and, of course, the, you know, killing the Keystone Pipeline and the drilling of oil and gas on federal lands. All of that together, they caused it. And Putin's price hikes, give me a break. Hey, guys, listen, when you can make more money staying home, yeah. uh, this is the consequence, yep. again, of that sugar high that they've created but by pumping all that money into the economy. And, uh, and again, I want to be clear, we're all about taking care of people. There's always going to be people that are on hard times, and there ought to be a social safety net. But that's not what this was. You know, last one, uh, Jack, for me. You know, I'm a huge sports fan, and uh, I'm a diehard Giant fan, been a Giant fan for the better part of 47 years, uh, they still refer to the Jets and the Giants as the New York Giants and the New York Jets, even though they have spent decades and decades playing their home games, last I checked, in East Rutherford, New Jersey. So, <laughs> Jack Cittarelli, are they the New York Giants or the New Jersey Giants? Well, listen, when I'm in North Jersey, they're the New Jersey Giants and Jets. But uh, when I'm in South Jersey, they're the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, that's true. You got to, you're you have to actually, you're right. You got to make both sides happy there. That's impossible. <laughs> you know what's funny? I told Bernie this yesterday. Years ago, when the USFL started, my dad, who died, Jack, we got season tickets for the New Jersey Generals. They were a very exciting team. They drafted guys who won Heisman trophies. Remember those days? Doug Flutie, Herschel Walker. Walker. Yeah, and yeah. Donald Trump owned that football team. The USFL is back this week, and again, the same name, the New Jersey Generals will be playing football in that league. Are you going to watch that? Is that, is that something that interests you? Hey, any any team that is associated with New Jersey by calling it New Jersey, I'm all in, and I'm rooting for them. So, and, of course, we've got our New Jersey Devils, right? The, the only professional sports franchise uh, that actually carry that New Jersey name, but it's good now to have a second. There you go. Absolutely. You Jack go. Cittarelli on the Bernie and Sitcho. Jack, please, this is a win- winning cultural issue for us. The people are on our side with this Westfield, New Jersey stuff. I know you're going to stay on top of it and prevent it from happening. We put our trust in you, even though you're not in elected office. You are the leader of the party or, or of the people in New Jersey. So thanks, Jack Cittarelli, for appearing on the Bernie and Sid Show, and Godspeed down the line. Guys, it's always great to be with you, and as always, looking forward to next time. Uh, well, just tell Jack Manzo to text me. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. He's, he's my press secretary. Oh, my yeah. God. Press secretary. You've got him on 24-7. I hope you pay this guy a lot of money. He's great. <laughs> hey, Jack Cittarelli, thank you so much. You are great. We love you here on the Bernie and Sid Show. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Been a great three hours. All three guests, Joe Borelli, Bo Deedle, and Jack Cittarelli, did a terrific job. We'll come back with more of the news of the day, sports, and beat Bernie in the fourth and final 9 o'clock hour. Bernie and Sid on a Tuesday. Keep it right here. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I think it was Sunday night. Danielle and I were in bed, and we were watching um, Rain Man. Now, I don't make you feel old, Bernie, or the rest of the audience, but that movie is now 33 years old. 33 years old, 1988, that brilliant performance by both Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise. But that song, of course, and I know this, is from the great movie Top Gun. And I believe, uh, what's his name again, the, the, the guy who sang that? Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins. He, uh, that, move, that, that song was in uh, Top Gun. Did you like Top Gun, Bernie? Uh, I, I don't think I ever saw it, to be okay. quite honest with you. Okay. You know what I did watch recently was Jerry Maguire. So if, if, there you go. Talking about feeling old. Cuba Gooding Jr., Tom Cruise, looking very youthful. And also, yeah. 
what's that kid's name? Uh, the guy's name. He, he was a comedian. He used to be on o- Opie and Anthony all the time, and he appeared on Imus a lot as well. Anyway, he was uh, he was a major character. Oh no, in Jerry you're to- yeah, no, he was the other agent. You're talking about Jay Moore. Jay Moore, exactly. Yeah, he was right, the other right, agent. Right, he right, was right, in exactly. that, and, and a young Renee Zellweger. And, uh, yeah, they're all older now. Same thing. Uh, top, top Gun, Tom Cruise, very young. Uh, the one I just said, Rain Man, Tom Cruise, very young. You see these movies, 80s, early 90s, like, oh, my God, it's 2022. Right. What's going on? I, it's just like, I mean, that that is like 40 years old now. What are you kidding me? Yeah, it's unbelievable, I know. Yeah. Anyway, we've had three great hours. Hour number four is coming up. Deb's got the news, then more of the Nielsen-weighted number one news talk show in New York City, Bernie and Sid. Coming up. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WBC. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show or everywhere on that 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. Check it out. Download that app. You won't be sorry. Edifying, uh, entertaining, all those things. Uh, now, listen, we talked earlier this morning, and I did yesterday, Sydney and myself, we talked about the Masters, how I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the, uh, the telecast. It was terrific, soothing, tranquil, serene, and competitive. You know, it was, it was very competitive, a lot of pressure on these players. And the kid who won it, he's 25 years old. Bo Deedle brought him up this morning. His name is Scotty Scheffler, and as Sid pointed out yesterday, he's, he, he's the number one. He was the number one, even entering the Masters, number one golfer in the world, even though the odds makers had him down, way down, to win the Masters. He wasn't even in the running. He wasn't, he wasn't even in the top 50, believe it or not. But it turns out. He's a good guy, Scotty Scheffler. This is what he said right after the Masters at the, you know, when they talked to the press. Uh, listen to Scotty Scheffler, cut 26. Go ahead, Lou. Who am I to say that I know what's best for, for my life? God is in control, and, you know, the Lord is leading me. And um, if today's my time, then, then it's my time. And if, you know, I shot 82 today, you know, somehow I was going to use it for his glory. So he's uh, very, apparently very, very religious which is, uh, you know, most of these religious people are very good people. And it turns out that he's a good guy as well. Just thought I'd point that out. On the uh, other side of the spectrum, the evil wench, the evil witch, her name is Hillary Clinton. This woman will not go away. She won't go away. She's been, uh, I mean, she she rigged the 2016 election. It was awful what she did in, in 2016. Yet she claims it was stolen from her, even though, by all accounts, her campaign was fined for funding the Steele dossier, which was the infamous uh, P-tape uh, dossier where supposedly Donald Trump had hookers come into a hotel room and pee on a bed that uh, Barack Obama allegedly slept on. How ridiculous is that? And yet the FBI used that as a jumping-off point to investigate and tarnish Donald Trump and uh, led to uh, the Mueller investigation, the special prosecutor, all that stuff. Hillary Clinton started it all, yet she said this just on Saturday. Cut six, please, Lou. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. 
Yeah, that's exactly what happened to Donald Trump, thanks to you. And the irony is completely lost on this witch. Uh, I don't know what she's thinking about. I, I mean, certainly if they uh, use the 25th Amendment or if, if uh, Joe Biden is indicted, uh, you know, which is inevitable at some point if he's still alive, Hunter will be indicted first. Then uh, Joe will be uh, Biden, the imbecile, will be forced to uh, pardon Hunter. And uh, then it will spiral out of control. He'll be impeached, thrown out. Uh, but they can't. They, they will not settle. They're not stupid enough to settle for Kamala Harris. So this woman is lurking in in in, in the you know in in the margins there, in in the hopes for something to happen. She was talking about the 2024 election. Donald Trump cut 35. Please, Lou. If I were a betting person right now, I say Trump is going to run again. I mean, he seems to be setting himself up to do that. And if he's not held accountable, then, you know, he gets to do it again. And he gets to try to squeak through the Electoral College because he's going to have hand-picked people running elections in critical states. I think that could be the end of our democracy, not to be too pointed about it. But I want people to understand that this is a make-or-break point. If he were, once again, to be elected president. And if especially he had a Congress that would do his bidding, you will not recognize our country. You believe this, uh, as I, I used no, to please. call it, the punk in a pantsuit. I mean, she's only gotten worse. You know, I it, met a guy when I was in L.A. in the gym in uh, the Beverly Hills Hilton. And um, very anecdotal, but he was uh, he was there for a real estate conference, Bernie. They had like, a, like 200 people in the lobby. It was very annoying. I, I hate people. You know that. Uh, so it's it's late at night, and it's only he and I in the gym. And we start talking, and he's out of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, great shape, older guy. He actually took his son with him. His son's a real estate guy, too. They went to a dispensary together the night before. They got high, and he had to make a speech the next day, and it came out great. Long story short, we're talking politics. He asked what I do. He said, you know, I'm a conservative, but I um, and I hate Donald Trump. I said, really? Okay, so you voted for Joe Biden? He said, no, I couldn't do that. I'm a conservative. I said, well, what do you hate Donald Trump? He said, because Donald Trump threatened our democracy. I said, you've got to be kidding me. He said, you're starting to sound like my friends, uh, Chuck Todd, or these idiots on MSNBC. He said, listen, I know that's what you do for a living, and maybe you and your guy love him, but I'm telling you, as a Republican my whole life and a conservative, that he threatened our democracy. Now, this is not Hillary Clinton. This is a, you know, a real estate guy from North Carolina who's been a Republican sure. his whole life. So what, how, well, what am I missing here? How in God's name, to her point and this guy's point, has Donald Trump threatened democracy? I said, what, January 6th? I said, pick any given night the summer of 2020. It was 10 times worse. He goes, yes, there was more violence and there was a lot of things to be scared about. But, but no one rushed a government building. And that was scarier than anything that happened in Portland, uh, uh, Seattle. Uh, right, Give well, me a break. You can stop right there. You can yeah. stop right there. They rushed the, the, the federal courthouse in Seattle, but even worse, I, I, how can anybody forget this? They bum-rushed the White House. Remember they took Trump to the basement Trump was of the there. White House? Yeah. Oh, they also burned down a police station so, in Minneapolis. I, I mean, I would yeah. <laughs> consider so, that. But, 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 the, but the White House itself, they, that fence, they built that fence bigger afterward. Yeah. Uh, but when these Black Lives Matter mutts were out there uh, stomping around, uh, they almost knocked the fence down. Again, they put Trump in the, in the basement of the White House for a short time. So the question isn't what you're missing, it's what he's missing. This guy's completely ill-informed. The fact is, the democracy was uh, was abused. The, the election was rigged against Donald Trump twice. In 2016, with the, uh, with the Steele dossier and the Russia collusion hoax. And then again in 2020, with the, with the, among other things, among many other things, 
with the uh, censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop. So two times Donald Trump got screwed. The first time he still prevailed. The second time he ended up losing on paper, I guess on paper. Uh, but uh, so your friend there uh, is just, you know, another in a long line of ignorant uh, people. Uh, so that yeah, yeah, they just don't like Donald. You know, he rubs people the wrong way. But but the, the, it's clear right now, very, very clear. Uh, it's so transparent that he was a great president for four years, despite being under siege. And the country was in such good shape, energy independent, uh, foreign policy. Crime was down. The economy was running smoothly. And then, of course, the pandemic hit and uh, the, the, the crap hit the fan. But uh, the economy's bouncing back or was bouncing back before inflation only because it was so strong when we went into the Uh, pandemic, when we went into the lockdown. No doubt. Listen, I didn't vote for the guy. You loved him from day one. I didn't even vote for him in 2016. And I am ready, willing, and able to admit what a great president he was. Tom Sloan, who we love dearly, he's a former uh, big-time intelligence guy. In uh, work for a bunch of campaigns, presidential campaigns in this country. You've met Tom Sloan, actually, Bernie. He said 65 agents and officers were injured defending the White House. 65 were injured defending the White House in the siege that you're talking about, which really resembled an insurrection more than January 6th. So thank you for that statistic, Tom Sloan. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, people conveniently, uh, especially in the media, conveniently forget or ignore that particular uh, siege that we're talking about there. And uh, speaking of the imbecile-in-chief, he spoke yesterday. Well, actually, he spoke in March when he imposed the sanctions on Russia. And he said this about the ruble, uh, cut 31. Go ahead, Lou. We're cutting off Russia's largest banks in the international financial system, preventing Russia's central bank from defending the Russell ruble, making Putin's $630 billion war fund worthless. We're choking Russia's access. The ruble has already lost 30 percent of its value. The Russian stock market has lost 40 percent of its value, and trading remains suspended. The Russian economy is reeling. Well, guess what? The ruble has regained all of its value, its pre-Ukraine invasion value, regained it all. And meanwhile, the dollar has lost so much value. I don't know what the percentage is, but listen to it. This number is going to come out today. Listen to uh, Biden's spokeslady, this creep, uh, Jen Psaki, just yesterday. So because of the actions we've taken to address uh, Putin, the Putin price hike, we are in a better place than we were last month. Um, but we expect March CPA, CPI headline inflation to be extraordinarily elevated due to Putin's price hike. The inflation number will be extraordinary, extraordinarily elevated. In other words, it's going to be it's a stratospherically high, 8 to 9 percent, a complete and total disaster. This guy has mismanaged everything including the aforementioned, I mentioned it, I, I think, to Jack Cittarelli, the $1.9 trillion so-called COVID relief bill that we didn't need. Didn't need it at all. Paid people to stay home. It was a, That propel, started to propel the uh, inflation. Well, actually, the first thing was canceling the Keystone Pipeline and the oil and drilling leases, et cetera, et cetera, just crushing our energy sector. Now, uh, just uh, on a, a kind of related note to the Ukraine, a good man, George Pataki, he was uh, bandy. He was t- talking about or leading people to believe he would run for governor again. He is not, but he's leading uh, humanitarian uh, projects in the Ukraine and Poland. But he says the imbecile in chief and uh, the administration down there, the idiocracy, 
They will not help with humanitarian aid over in Poland and the Ukraine. Cut 20, Lou. George Pataki. I can understand arm's length when it comes to lethal military assistance, but there is no U.S. presence that we've seen on the humanitarian side. And that's what's hard to understand. How is providing food or medicine or emergency shelters provocative? It's not. We see no presence from the U.S. inside Ukraine. I'm sure that's not the case when it comes to military aid, but when it comes to humanitarian aid, the big global organizations just have not been there. There's an enormous need, much more than we could ever hope to satisfy. My wish is that U.S. government and these other major humanitarian organizations that have billions will actually start putting those resources into Ukraine to help the refugees there. So, And plus, we're only taking 100,000 refugees from the Ukraine. And uh, there's no outcry. There's no, uh, you know, you don't have the squad people screaming about help these poor people out. A lot of the women, by the way, women and children fled the Ukraine. And they're, you know, they're being preyed upon by these uh, sexual predators. But, uh, again, I can't help but think that uh, listening to Joy Reid and the rest of these people talking about why we're focused, the media is focused on this war, is because it's uh, blonde-haired, blue-eyed people. Uh, Similarly, there's no outcry about helping the uh, refugees and only taking 100,000 refugees into the United States, probably because... They're blonde-haired, blue-eyed yeah, people. That's exactly right. That's and I, yeah. I, I just have that sneaking suspicion that that's the case. Uh, one last thing here. Uh, you know, yesterday on MSNBC, they devoted their whole morning show to the disaster for the Democrats that's going to be November, the red wave that is coming. And uh, it, was, it was interesting, very interesting. You had uh, Joe Scarborough and uh, ass clown Al Sharpton, the two of them, sitting there trying to distance themselves from Democrat policies that they've been pushing and endorsing all along, and now they're scrambling to try to run away from them. Cut 36, Joe Scarborough and Al Sharpton. Go ahead, Lou. Let me say it slowly for my Democratic friends in Washington, D.C. Black voters are more conservative than you are. White woke leaders in Washington, D.C., Hispanic voters are more Mm -hmm. conservative than you are, white woke leaders in Washington, D.C. Asian-American voters are more conservative than you are, white woke voters in Washington, D.C., and they're more conservative on crime, they're more conservative on education, they're more, more conservative on, quote, these woke issues. Get off of Twitter. Yeah, now, now, now the creep is saying what he's saying. But they were both, both of them, both uh, Sharpton and this guy, and uh, everybody on the left. Nobody spoke up, uh, spoke out against disrespecting the police, uh, defund the police, or critical race theory or any of that stuff, or, or, or spying on parents at school board meetings. No, no, they mocked those people. They mocked the parents, and they said nothing about defund the police. And now it's, it's fun to watch these weasels <laughs> to try to run away from the policies that they endorsed. And November can't come fast enough, though. I'm looking forward to enjoying the summer, so maybe I want it to take its time. On the Bernie at Sid well, Show. Before we break, though, we do have a piece of a breaking news. That Uh-oh. was obviously national stuff. There has Uh-oh. been a, a, a shooting. Uh, somebody opened fire on the train uh, at the 36th Street station in Sunset Park. There was also talk of maybe an explosive that went off. They're not sure if it was terrorism or just somebody here that uh, fired a gun. But multiple shootings inside the train uh, Mike DeDino or Deb, who's got the latest uh, on this story? It's the going way, on right now. 
That is Brooklyn, Sunset. That's in Brooklyn, by Williamsburg. Exactly. Deb Valentine, our news lady, what do you got for us? Well, six people we know have been shot in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, this morning, Sid, and uh, shot and wounded in separate subway station shootings in Brooklyn this morning. They uh, were shot in the 36th Street subway station in Sunset Park, at least uh, one other person at the 25th Street station in Greenwood Heights. Also heard here, and uh, police are checking out several suspicious devices as well while they search for a suspect who was possibly, possibly, we don't want to alarm people, possibly wearing a gas mask and a construction vest on a subway train. And we will keep our 77 WABC listeners updated as details unfold. Yeah, I did see that. That's why they used the word uh, possibly a terrorist attack, the shootings and the, the explosive devices. And like you said, Deb, the way the guy was dressed, there was some early, early uh, uh, talk that this may have been a terrorist attack here in uh, Sunset Park in Brooklyn by Williamsburg. And like Deb just told you, she'll keep you updated on all the latest that happened just moments ago. Breaking story. And as always, we have it right here on Bernie and Sid. We'll take a short break. Lots more to do. Keep it right here. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Let me read this to you. Due to an investigation, avoid the area of 36th Street and 4th Avenue in Brooklyn. Expect emergency vehicles and delays in the surrounding area. Every TV channel we've got on here, Fox News, uh, even CNN, New York One, has this story while MSNBC, Joe and Mika are talking about Russia and Ukraine. But um, on a serious note, there has been a shooting in a subway on the platform uh, in Brooklyn. 36th Street is the, uh, the place where it happened. There are some... Uh, devices uh, that they have found that are very, very suspicious. And the guy that um, had the, the that attacked all these folks was wearing a gas mask and uh, something else that made people think he may have been a terrorist and not just some random, random shooter, I should say. So very early on, this just happened, but a scary situation in Brooklyn unfolding right now. Several undetonated devices have been found at the scene. Oh, Several boy. undetonated devices have been found at the scene. So, again, early, you don't want to get too carried away, Berm, but um, all the markings, at least, of a uh, of a terrorist attack. Certainly does look like it, yeah. Uh, but as you said, uh, you know, very preliminary, but if they found several undetonated devices. Yeah, they did. If that yeah. turns out to be uh, true, well, you can only conclude one thing. I mean, obviously, it was a terrorist. It's a terrorist. Uh, I mean, it, it, it could be a homegrown terrorist. We don't know who the person is, what this person looks like. If they acted alone, we know none of that at this point. We do know multiple people were shot. I believe at least six is what Deb Valentine just told us. At least six. So it started with gunfire, and then the devices have been found. It's a very popular stop, by the way, 36th Street. There's a high school right down the block. I'm not sure if uh, folks know that, but Sunset Park, very popular subway stop. And this is where this um, this person uh, did this earlier this morning. So that's, uh, that's what we're dealing yeah. with right now. And most of these uh, news agencies and TV shows, even national, talking right now about this Brooklyn subway shooting. That's a big deal. And uh, can you believe they're actually the, 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 that 17-year-old kid who shot the uh, 13 or 16-year-old girl on the steps of a school in, in the South Bronx, they're actually contemplating uh, charging him as a juvenile. I know. I can't 17 believe it. 17 years old. That's an adult right there. That, that kid's got to be charged like an adult. 
He's got to be. I mean, uh, the fact that it's not not even a foregone conclusion, that's why that law needed to be changed in the state budget. Kathy Hochul did not change that. You, the, the raise the age law, they raised it to 18 years old. That's why he can be charged as an adolescent because of that stupid law. And a lot of kids, a lot of these thugs have been charged as adolescents. And that's why they, they're out after the, after a, you know, a, a, a vicious shooting. They're out on the streets because they're only charged as kids. Uh, just one other light note, uh, two, two light notes. In the New York Post this morning, because we had her on, uh, was it yesterday, the day before, Kelsey Whitmore of the Staten Island Ferry Hall. Friday. Cindy, she was on Cindy, Friday. Cindy, Friday. Thank you. So Sydney Adams has a column devoted totally to Kelsey Whitmore this morning in the New York Post, believe it or not. This female playing on the uh, male minor league baseball team, owned partially owned by our owner John Katzmatidis, who, on page twenty-six in the New York Post, has a full-page ad for the Cats at Night show, which is a tremendous show at five o'clock here on seventy-seven WABC. Again, it's a great show. They get great, high, top-quality guests and have a great roundtable at Cats at Night at five o'clock. Just thought I'd just shout those two things out. Uh, for Mr. Katz and the Cindy Adams. We do need a contestant for Beat Bernie, which is coming up uh, after this break. 1-800-848-WABC. Your chance at cash and cool prizes. 1-800-848-9222. So I suggest that we get to the clip of the day in sports, come back and play Beat Bernie, just in case there is some more news on this subway shooting in Brooklyn. So that's uh, my suggestion. Let's go to the, uh, the clip I of like the day it. right now, Burn, and uh, be around just in case more news breaks. Certainly, Sidney. Clip of the day is Rudy Giuliani, the Giuliani show at the 3 o'clock every day at, seven, uh, at 3 o'clock, excuse me, on 77 WABC. Here, Rudy talks about Hunter Biden. But Hunter also was spending the Biden crime before he got to pay the expenses. I think even before he got to do the 50 percent, he was buying massive amounts of his crack, $150,000 cars. You can see from the testimony of his wife that that was out of control. Well, that was coming out of everybody's percentage. I mean, this was a family business. James was involved in it. He was also using other bag men, and they were getting pieces of this. I mean, James did a big score in Iraq. He got into a $1.5 billion housing deal in Iraq with no experience on housing when Joe caved in on the status of forces agreement. Now, it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Two major stories now that have happened uh, during this hour. Once again, 36th Street and 4th Avenue, the train. There's been a shooting in the subway station on the platform. Five people shot and possible uh, devices, uh, explosive devices that have not been detonated yet. They have now been detonated. Possible smoke device detonated. So we, uh, we're getting more details on this. The uh, guy who did this did flee. He did run away. Five people shot on that train on 36th Street on that platform. Uh, not on the train, on the platform. And they did discover undetonated devices. Now, another major story that just broke, and I mean minutes ago, this one uh, also, I think the same exact Height of, um, of bigness, if you will. Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin has been arrested. Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin has been arrested in campaign finance, uh, with a campaign finance issue. 
So you've got a shooting with possible undetonated explosive devices at a subway station in Brooklyn, and the lieutenant governor arrested for possible campaign finance issues. Both of those uh, things happening in the last 20 minutes. Both in the last 20 minutes. So we'll have all the news on both of those major, major stories. But first, we will play Beat Bernie. Today's contestant is out of Caldwell, New Jersey. His name is Donald. Good morning, Donald. How are you? Hey, Sid. How you doing? I'm doing okay, pal. You ready to play? Yep. Donald, the idea of a vice president was proposed at the Constitutional Convention by the first Secretary of the Treasury, which was who? Hamilton? Yes. In 2004, economist Manmohan Singh became the first of what religion to become India's prime minister? Uh, let's see. Um, All right, we're looking uh, for uh, we're looking for Sikh. Uh, number three, what was the accident that got 78-year-old Texas lawyer Harry Whittington into political news in 2006? He was shot by the vice president. Yes, very good. Dick Cheney shot him in the face. In September 1975, Gerald Ford survived two assassination attempts, the first by Lynette Romine, excuse me, the first by Lynette Frome, a cult follower of whom? Manson. Yes. Very good. I, th- I think our nickname was Squeaky. Squeaky phone. Yeah, yeah, right. There you go. In 2013, Rob Ford, the mayor of what city? The fourth largest city in North America. First said he smoked weed, not crack, and then admitted that, yes, he smoked some crack, too. What city was Rob Ford a politician in? Detroit. Oh, wrong. You're too like a bag of anthrax. Incorrect. We're looking for Toronto. Still a very good job there. Got uh, three out of five correct. Nicely done, Donald. Let's go to Bernard. Bernie, you there? Right here, Sydney. Did you listen to the very top of the segment? I, I have heard, heard nothing since uh, your sportscast. All right. How about Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin arrested moments ago? Are you kidding me? Not kidding. Campaign finance scheme arrested Lieutenant oh, Governor oh, Brian oh. Benjamin. So in the last 20 minutes, we've got multiple people shot on a subway platform in Brooklyn where they also found explosive devices. The guy got away, by the way. And Lieutenant Governor did. How's that, wow. Kathy Hochul? Good job, uh, Governor Hochul, you jerk. There you go. You picked this mutt to be uh, your Lieutenant Governor, and you didn't vet him? No. Nope. Uh, oh, unbelievable. I knew he was under investigation, but... Uh, He's arrested. Wow. Yeah, That's about a bombshell. That? Yes. All right. So four right, and you win today's game. Then we'll get back and close out the show with all this uh, big news, yeah, obviously. Bernie, number one, the idea of a vice president was proposed at the Constitutional Convention by the first secretary of the Treasury, who was who? That was my boy, Alex. That's right. In 2004, economist Manmohan Singh became the first of what religion to become India's prime minister? Uh, that would be the first, uh, let's see, obviously Hindu or Muslim. I would say, uh, I'd say Muslim. Incorrect. You always talk about, uh, this, this sect as a, a Sikh. Yes, very good. Oh, uh, it was a Sikh. Okay, yes. all right. Number three, what was the accident that got 78-year-old Texas lawyer Harry Whittington into political news back in 2006? He got shot by Dick Cheney. That's right. In September of 1975, Gerald Ford survived two assassination attempts, two of them. The first by Lynette Frome, a cult follower of who? Of uh, Manson. That's right. 
And uh, you get this right, you win today's game. In 2013, Rob Ford, the mayor of what city? The fourth largest city in North America. First said he smoked weed, not crack. And then said, yeah, I did smoke some crack. Uh, well, that was Yonkers. No, it was Toronto. There you go. Bernie uh, wins, beats Donald in Caldwell, New Jersey, by a final score of 4-3 to three today. Bernard, say hello to Donald. Donald, uh, good try. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. All right, man. Well, you didn't win. Uh, you don't sound too happy, but uh, well, we appreciate ah, you listening. Nervous. I love you guys. You guys put on a great show. I, I laugh more during the morning now than I ever did. Appreciate that. Thank you, Donald. Uh, Caldwell, New uh-huh. Jersey. Uh, we spoke to Jack Cittarelli this morning. Uh, how are things I in Caldwell, it. generally speaking? Uh, they had they, they had a uh, Black Lives Matter uh, banner in the center of town, which was kind of disappointing, but somebody ripped it down. Oh, Christ. Well, that means, you know what it means? Uh, you know, I mean, it's just shocking. You know, I couldn't believe my eyes. <laughs> town center. You know, yeah. that means you live in a, a liberal, affluent town. That's what well, it tells me. Well, in Essex me. County, which is a suburb of Newark, it's really... It's really oh. not like Montclair is like the center for the liberals around I see. County. These idiots. But, uh, have they not learned anything? Black Lives Matter is this con job. If you, go to Montclair, if you go to Montclair, New Jersey, it's like all like huge houses, all like 700,000 above every house. Not every, but I would say like 30% of all the houses have Black Lives Matter banners in front of their house. A.K.A. Please don't rob my house. I'm down with... Uh, <laughs> You're the blacks is that what it look they're, they're so ignorant they're so stupid they don't they have no idea a communist organization scam con job if you gave none of the money they got to uh, the, the people who needed it in the burnt out cities blacks in particular they've gotten so many blacks killed over the last couple of years because of what they did to, towards the police I mean it's just so stupid so we live in, in a country of such morons such Ah, cowards, 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 and morons. Exactly right. Yeah, it is uh, really disappointing. But uh, so listen, uh, was it Jack? I'm sorry. Was it Donald. Jack? The f- Donald. Listen, Donald. Donald, thank- Donald. Donald, thanks for playing. <laughs> thanks for your nice words. And uh, hey, hey, guys, more of uh, more of the old uh, Ivan stories. Love them. <laughs> oh, okay, you got it. You got it. We uh, we, we'll, we'll, we'll do some of that uh, here on the Bernie Tichel said. You got it. You got something there. Well, I know that they one of the devices they detonated was a smoke device, which of course uh, they use those to blind the folks as they commit a shooting or do something else. But there are other devices now that they are trying to locate as we speak. So one was a smoke device. They're not sure if the other ones were explosives or not. Uh, up to 13 now injured in this Brooklyn subway shooting. 13, wow. and at least five people have been shot. We will come back with uh, the latest on that news. And again, the lieutenant governor arrested just moments ago as we wrap up what turns out to be a very historic Bernie and Sid show on this Tuesday, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, two pieces of uh, major news breaking over the last 30 minutes. Lieutenant Governor, Mr. Benjamin there, he has been arrested for campaign finance schemes. But, of course, even the bigger story, multiple people shot subway station in Brooklyn, 36th Street, 13 injured, at least five shot. They have detonated a smoke device. There may be more. But um, it looks like Bo Deedle, who was on earlier, was terrific, uh, may have a little piece of news on this, only because something similar happened Dating back to 24 years ago, don't forget Sunset Park is right by Borough Park, Bernard, which is a a very, very Jewish community. With that said, 
Here is Bo Deedle. Bo, well, what's happening, pal? Hey, good morning, guys, again. Uh, you know what What happened in 1998, a lot of people don't remember. We had two terrorists there that planned on shooting up the subway and planting bombs. Our emergency service guys got on top of it. They were able to stop it, to hoard it off, and they had a shootout with them. They, they ended up shooting the two terrorists. Now, a lot of people understand that train goes from borough, through Brooklyn, through Borough Park, into Sunset Park where this happened. And there's a lot of predominantly Jewish people that travel on that train. And that was the motive behind these other creeks back in 1998 to get as many Jewish passengers as they could get. And I'm not saying it's the same, but it's just very similar because that Sunset Park area there where it is, that's where those other guys came out of that time when it happened in 1998. I was just talking to my friend Bobby Martin, who's a former inspector, and he was reiterating the same thing that I'm saying right now, that maybe I don't want to thank anybody, but you know what we're worrying about? We're worrying about lessons in school. We should be worrying about our safety. Now all of a sudden the terrorists see how weak we are amongst ourselves. Now's a great time for them to do what they're going to do. No question about it. Well, that's interesting, Bo. Uh, you know, it's all speculation, as you say, but it's food for thought. And, and uh, all you can do at this point, in uh, as early in this uh, incident as it is, is speculate. So uh, that's interesting. It gives us a perspective and a possible motive for what's going on right now. Well, all I got to say is everyone be aware of everything on the train. And again, please, if you see cops on the train, you see someone acting suspicious. Please tell the cops, please, because as far as our crime goes, we know we're dealing with crime. We're dealing with these homeless, uh, violent homeless people. We're dealing with all the robberies and murders and all that. Now we got to start worrying about something else. I hope it is not what I'm just speaking yeah. about, but it wow. certainly looks like something was planned. And that's the exact spot by Sunset Park where these other two terrorists had came, come out of. So I just want to put that food for thought and everyone, be careful when you're on these subways. And remember, let the police know if someone's acting suspicious. Well, thank uh, you, Bo. I'll be on the subways, thanks. in fact, later on today. I'm picking up Gabriel from school. And uh, we have to take the the two of the three train down to the ferry. So I will be on those subways later on today. Um, thank you, Bo, for that. And it does sound eerily similar, talking about the neighborhood and the motive and uh, looking like a possible terrorist Attack. I'll tell you this, Byrne, if you're Eric Adams, and it has been a very, very rough go the first hundred days. He can beat himself on the chest all he wants on Instagram. The fact is, he won that election because he was going to combat crime. He was going to fix crime. And the numbers are going through the roof. And now you have a possible terrorist attack in Brooklyn. This is about the last thing that Eric Adams needed to see in his early stay as the mayor of New York. So far, not so good. No. Uh, no, not at all. Listen. Uh, Sid, you said that the, this is the b- bigger story. It is for today, but in, in the grand scheme of things, this indictment of uh, the, the arrest of the Lieutenant Governor Benjamin uh, may, may bode, uh, you know, bode poorly for Kathy Hochul's reelection efforts. Let me read this to you from the New York Times. This will shed some light as to what happened, and it's going to blow your mind when I finish reading it. The indictment, the result of an investigation by the FBI and the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York, accused... Mr. Benjamin of conspiring to direct state funds of a Harlem real estate investor in exchange for orchestrating thousands of dollars in illegal campaign contributions to Mr. Benjamin's unsuccessful 2021 campaign for New York City Comptroller. The investor was arrested on federal charges in November. Now listen to this. The legal turmoil cast Mr. Benjamin's political future in question, duh, and complicates this year's election for him and Ms. Hochul, who was catapulted into office last year after her predecessor resigned among sexual misconduct allegations. 
There is no suggestion that Ms. Hochul was aware of Mr. Benjamin's alleged criminal conduct, which prosecutors said occurred while he was a state senator. Still, she took office last year promising to end an era of impropriety in Albany, and selecting Mr. Benjamin was among her first major decisions as governor. Now, here's the kicker. Here is the kicker. Mr. Benjamin will almost certainly face pressure to resign from office. Even if he were to step down, he will likely remain on the ballot in June when he faces two-spirited primary challenges because Mr. Benjamin was designated as the Democrat Party's nominee for lieutenant governor. His name can only be removed at this point if he were to move out of the state, die, or seek another office. So his name will appear alongside Kathy Hochul's name in, during the primary in June, uh, which, uh, you know, opens many possibilities. I mean, Andrew Cuomo could step in. Uh, let's hope that she wins the uh, her reelection effort with him on the ballot, because that will help uh, Lee Zeldin or Rob Astorino or Andrew Giuliani or whoever the Republican candidate may be. So this arrest has uh, implications down the line in November for who's going to run New York for the next four years. It may. I mean, look, between this story and her husband as, uh, you know, the concessionaire guy at the Buffalo Bills Stadium and that nearly $1 billion deal that uh, that she uh, was ready, willing, and able to sign. So now you got her lieutenant governor and her husband, both guys up to some shady business, the governor getting arrested and the husband uh, in this business deal. So if I'm any one of those guys, I bring both of those things up in an effort to discredit, and they're both true and should discredit, Kathy Hochul. So you're right. You're right in that down the road, this is a much bigger political story, but no one's going to die. Kathy Hochul's not going to die. Benjamin's not going to die. Hopefully no one here dies either. 13 injured, five shots, supposedly nobody in serious condition. But I have seen video and still pictures of a lot of blood on that subway platform and a couple wow. of the major networks. They've got those photos up already. So it's, uh, you know, it's a much it's a much more scary situation. You know, so, they, they keep talking about we're not done yet. You know, 9-11 was 20 years ago. We get it. And maybe an attack of that size happening again is um, is not going to happen. Just just almost impossible to put something like that together. But something like this, these little attacks, something if this isn't if this is an attack, if it is something like this will just scare the hell out of New Yorkers who are around like you and I 20 years ago. Uh, no question about it. I mean, it bring, brings back, you know, horrible memories. But. So far, no arrests, Sydney. No, the guy fled. There was one guy, as far as I know, when he fled. Uh, he was wearing an orange vest and a gas mask. I mean, if I'm if I'm uh, on a train, a subway platform, and I see a guy walk in wearing a gas mask, uh, that right off the bat is going to scare the living daylights out of me. But as far as I know, he's the only uh, guy they're looking for, and he did flee the scene. Well, he probably uh, slapped it on at the last minute. Before yeah, probably. He, he, he decided to uh, do whatever he was doing, but. Apparently, with the undetonated devices, he was only partially successful in his uh, endeavors, uh, sadly, uh, with the, all these people shot. But uh, uh, sadly that they did get shot, but at least uh, he didn't detonate the rest of these devices, whatever, whatever was happening. And we still don't know. I mean, what, did he act alone? We don't know. We don't no. know if there were multiple no. people out there. We don't know. And, of course, there, you know, with, in this day and age, all kinds of cameras up. We're going to get images of these uh, of him and uh, whoever else, and of him entering the subway station. Right. Well, they, I did I get more news now. Uh, okay, there's four suspicious packages. I thought it said four uh, alleged folks are looking for four suspicious packages is uh, what they're looking at right now. 
And again, 13 injured, and now they've raised the number from five shot to maybe seven shot on the subway platform. So, as usual, these things first uh, come out, and we see numbers, and we see news, and uh, it usually changes for the worse as these days uh, move along. And uh, that looks like the case right here, although, again, uh, people hit by shrapnel, some shot, but nobody at this point, at least uh, from the news we're watching, that is in serious condition. You know, it's uh, kind of bizarre, uh, I guess, is that Eric Adams can't, Go to the scene. No. He's, he's stuck in Gracie Mansion with uh, COVID. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the first real big major, you know, uh, well, terrorist attack uh, event, if you will, but a terrorist attack in this case, he will be absent. He will be he AWOL. Be yeah. And uh, I'm sure it's going to really uh, burn him up a little bit. But uh, either way, uh, it's no time for politics. It's uh, really, it's, it's a serious, uh, serious thing. Let's hope that, that it... They've already arrested the perps, or at least one perp or somebody at this point, and they're not telling us. Yeah, they haven't told us. I do know now, again, here is more. None of these devices were active. NYPD is reporting and CNN is reporting that the devices they found were not active. So they were not explosives. They were not about to blow up anytime soon. They were no, there were no active devices found at the subway station. One smoke device but no other active devices found at the subway station. A lot more questions, of course, than uh, we have answers uh, right now because it's so early that uh, it's, it's impossible to, to string together what happened. I mean, we're going to hear uh, in a few hours or tomorrow or the day after a totally different version of events than what we're picturing in our minds right now. Probably, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But that's what happens early on in these, uh, these incidents. And uh, these investigations, in this case, it's still active, ongoing, because they haven't announced any arrests of any perps. But uh, no names uh, of any of the victims out there uh, that, that were shot. No, uh, And where were they shot? No, no information on where they shot on the subway? Yes, were they on shot the, on the platform? On the subway platform. Nobody on the train was shot. They were shot on the subway platform. And, again, these devices uh, were not active, and uh, the perp was dressed. It looked like an MTA worker was wearing an orange construction vest. That's how he entered the, the subway and the platform. And, uh, again, he was able to flee. They have not caught him yet. Wow. Uh, that's all I can say is uh, I'm just uh, my head is spinning between the arrest of the lieutenant governor yeah. and uh, this terrorist attack in Brooklyn. All of a sudden, just like that, I mean, the, the news cycle just uh, completely flips. Well, that's why you're right, and that's why it's important to uh, stay tuned to us on WABC all day long because as these stories uh, provide more details, the one place you're going to get it is right here on WABC. So we are done for the day. We were here for these two major stories in the 9 o'clock hour, but uh, we are done. Great show, Bernie. Great, great job, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Yes, look who's talking, City. We will. All the love and... uh Stay safe, my brother, on the subway going home. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Great job, Lou Rafino, Justin Ellick, Mike Dodino. Terrific job. Deb Valentine as well. Again, stay tuned to us all day long with the latest on these two major stories, the subway shooting, 36th Street in Brooklyn, and the lieutenant governor arrested just moments ago. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 6. Enjoy your Tuesday morning, everybody, from all of us to all of you. Peace. Peace. 
If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at gabolaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.